A trucker and a motorist are pitted against one another in an automotive duel to the death on a deserted highway. This week on the Made for TV podcast, we're fueling up the tank and taking the exit ramp off the Disney Express to explore Steven Spielberg's duel. Presentation. <laughs> Kyle, did you bring your cards? My, my cards? Your cards? Did you bring them? Yeah, uh, no, I, no, I didn't. Kyle, don't you realize that it's time to duel? Good. It's a classic Yu-Gi-Oh for you. You like that? I never saw one Yu-Gi-Oh. Damn it! All right, let me do my other one that I have <laughs> zero preparation for. Okay, ready? Here's what it was going to be. Here's okay. what the other one was going to be. It was going to be... Made for TV <laughs> podcast on Duel. Made for TV pod, made for TV pod, made for TV pod, made for TV pod. I'm not going to continue <laughs> with that. That's the only other idea. Oh, man. Yeah, you really... Uh... You really didn't pick the right duel for the job there. Because uh, I didn't know you were you're, you're a duel fist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, you know what? Dirt. Welcome, everybody, to the Made for TV podcast. This is the show dedicated to celebrating and exploring the unique world of movies made exclusively for the small screen. My name is Kyle. And my name is Scott. And we're... Kyle, we're... We're off the we're 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 in uncharted territory. Yeah, because this is this is a special mini series within. We're breaking up our Disney mini series. We're off roading. We are. We've been chased we, off of the main highway <laughs> that we were on. That's what we get. You don't try to pass a truck. They don't like it. Yeah. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> we yeah we're nor we've been we've been doing Disney movies for the last when did this podcast start like six months ago I don't yeah know we've anymore. been going strong i think Oof. it's six months i don't know seems like yeah, it. something like that we've been in disneyland disney world disney arena i don't want to steal any trademark names uh for the last six months but this is not just a disney podcast this is a made for tv movie podcast and with halloween on the horizon mm-hmm. a mere month away we we said, hey, we got to do some Halloween episodes. So here we are in our mini-series dedicated to 1970s made-for-TV horror. Woo! Feeling wow. spooky. I've been infusing feeling- myself with as much pumpkin spice as I can in the last couple weeks. Just- I can tell. You're glowing orange. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very I weird. get the pumpkin spice latte creamer from Starbucks so you can buy from uh-huh. the store and put in my coffee every day. And then I so- tried I went off the beaten path today. I tried the apple crisp macchiato. Oh their their new what drink. What did you think of the apple crisp ma- macchiato? I'm gonna be honest with you, I was not a fan of the <laughs> apple good. crisp macchiato. I did not it's like not, it either. No, I hated it. Carrie it, tried to tell me we were going through, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> I want to try that, and she was like, mm, I don't know, apple and coffee. I don't think that those flavors are gonna mix well. And I was like, mm. What do you mean? I like apple. I like apple cider. I like coffee. It's gonna be perfect. 
It's they're gonna come together and make a beautiful, harmonious flavor expression. It's gonna be an orchard in my mouth. An orchard. That's what I thought. An orchard in your mouth. Um, <laughs> it's not an orchard in your mouth. No, well, if it is, it's a spooky orchard. It's not fun <laughs> to go through. It's it's, like- it, it's the orchard that you. It's the apple picking you do, but it's already winter time. That I this is what we did last year was way late in the season. They were like, hey, you can go out there and see if there's apples out there. And it was just littered with apples on the ground. And like we, we got some apples, but it was freezing outside, basically winter time. You said so. apple picking more like crapple picking. Yes, that's exactly. Yeah. I kept saying uh, Jerry was like, stop. <laughs> stop. I didn't laugh the first time. Please stop. <laughs> Yeah, not uh, no. I I did not. I, I okay. Here's the thing. I didn't hate the whole drink. I hated the first third because it was like there was no flavor mixing. It felt like did you not like, I just mix felt like it I was, up before you drank? No, it. I you? tried. I was in the car. I did one of these. You know, in the car where you spin it, like you're trying to get it to mix up. Yeah. But like I every sip I took, I was like, I just taste burnt coffee flavor like i'm not getting any apple and then the middle the second third was okay i would say Mm. wasn't great it wasn't better than just some pumpkin crap but it was like drinkable and then the bottom was just like this goopy apple syrup crap Yeah, you gotta mix those macchiatos i dude i you gotta get when i got home i took a i took a spoon and i mixed it up (laughs) thoroughly it would not mix it was just a layer of like apple flavored syrup at the bottom of my drink that i couldn't get to mix in so it was like i drank some coffee that was a little sweetened and then had a big mouthful of apple flavored sugar syrup at the end and i was like this sucks not a good experience no. Have you do not you, get the apple you, crisp? Have you had the caramel apple spice from Starbucks? I have not. It's something that they the used to advertise, spice. but they like stopped advertising for it years ago. But then everybody, all the baristas still know what it is if you go up and order it. But it's not, I don't think there's any coffee in it. It's just like cider with caramel and sugar. It's it's like the sugariest drink you can probably get there. <laughs> this, sounds, this sounds fucking gross. Oh, it's so good. Caramel apple spice. If you've not had it, you're listening to this and you like deliciousness, then go and get one. I just don't like a really sugary drink, I don't think. Unless it's a slushy. I'm a well-documented slushy lover. Yeah. You have to like sugary drinks to like the caramel apple spice, for sure. I don't think I could get into it. Because my whole thing is, when I order anything at Starbucks, I want the caffeine more than I want anything else. I usually just get a black coffee. Cause I don't want all those extra calories. Yeah. I've treat myself maybe once a week with something fancier. Mm. So I can't see myself going to Starbucks and getting something with no caffeine in it anymore. I, I need the juice, Kyle. I'm yeah. When I go fix. to Starbucks. Yeah. I, I love my Folgers. My black, I, I wake up every morning and black cup of uh, uh, Folgers. It's the best part of waking up, you know? Um, it's what they say. Yeah. Yes. I, I have that black cup of coffee and then I get ready and then I make, my sugary creamer filled drink my uh, coffee to take to work. And then I drink that basically over the full day. And I budget for those calories because they're necessary. Oh yeah. You are, a. I feel like you drink a lot of coffee. Like, yeah. I've gone through phases. Most. Yeah. There's always a fair amount of coffee, coffee and caffeine in my veins. You know, I'll say I will through. often skip days with no coffee. Like I'm not a coffee everyday person mm-hmm. even. So I, I definitely feel it if I don't have coffee. I don't, I, I never, 
I can't remember the last day I went without an like an entire day without caffeine because if I wake up late, like if I get to sleep in one morning, I get up and I like need caffeine like to wake up because I'm already groggy because I slept in kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I don't even remember the last time I did it. That's why I try to skip a couple days every week because I hate when I have it too often and then I don't have it. I hate the feeling of my body being like, oh, I can't function at a base level without this thing now. Like, I don't I don't deal well. Once I get to the point where I need coffee, I'm like useless without caffeine. I just feel miserable and angry at everything all the time. I think that's what happens to me, but who knows? Because we're not going to go there. We're not going to find out. You're right. (laughs) You're right. At least I'm not med school level coffee drinking now because in med school, I would brew brew a pot of coffee in the morning and I would, I had these huge cereal bowl mugs um, and with like a little handle on the side and a, you know, um, I still have it on my desk right now. I'm looking at it. It's a, a coffee mug warmer. And so I wake up and I watch lectures virtually. It was great um, in med school. I could do that. And I would watch lectures, take notes, study and drink a pot of coffee and then have lunch and in the afternoon for another cup, pot of coffee, have another entire <laughs> pot of coffee in the afternoon. And then um, I had a hard set rule, like no studying, no work after like 8 p.m. that I uh, stuck to. Unless there was a test the next day. Still sticks to that rule today, folks. You come into the office bleeding out. (laughs) Yeah. 801. (laughs) That scan's probably going to come back after 8 o'clock. So I'm not going to look for it. (laughs) Sorry. I can't imagine drinking that much coffee, Kyle. Your bowel movements must have been insane. (laughs) My bowel movements are on par. (laughs) Scheduled bowel movements is the way to go. Yeah. Speaking of a lot of coffee. No, forget it. I'm not going to try to transition into Spielberg because I don't know how much coffee he drinks. He probably drinks a lot. Maybe. Um, I want to keep talking about Halloween because we're talking about the spooky season. Yeah. And I had a major spooky season milestone today. We're recording this on the first day of fall, right? Is it? I think it is. Cool. Maybe. Maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, but I went to Spirit Halloween today. Oh, really? Which is, uh, yeah, I feel like that's a marker to me of, okay, well, fall's begun. I've been to a Spirit Halloween. I've looked at a bunch of things I'll never buy that go into my yard. I wish I could, but I don't... I can't justify spending, like, hundreds of dollars on ghouls that pop up when someone steps on a lever, you know? It's like... yeah. I want to be that house someday, though. Someday. I still have a fog, my house. fog machine. I have a fog machine I could use, but we don't have very many. Why don't you turn it on while like, we're recording? To really create a good ambiance yeah, for the be episode, Kyle. Awesome. Just fill my house with, <laughs> with You're fog. just coughing throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah. We should. Ooh, we got it. Okay. I'm coming over to your house tomorrow to watch John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. We got to plug the fog machine in <laughs> just, the basement. Just fill it up. Fog in the it basement. up, baby. Hell yeah. The problem is good. the fog, like, it rises pretty easily. Like, you're supposed to, for far, like the fog machine that I have at least, like, I used to set up a contraption with the cooler and get some dry ice and put it in there so the fog would blow into the cooler with dry ice and then out another tube on the other side to cool it down so it would settle on the ground more. Without that, it just kind of like fills the whole house. And I think I used it at our Halloween party at the condo in Pine Valley. Were you at that Halloween party? I bet you were. 
party that you threw. Uh, seems like I probably came up with an excuse if I had to, if I had to guess. <laughs> I was Karen and I were dressed as old people, and we, I well, that's set just up, how you dress. I set up a whole bar with a black light and tonic water, so it looked like like potions and stuff. I think I have a vague memory of this. Blair's husband made um like a flaming goblet of fire I, drink. I do remember that. Yeah. I remember that part. I'll always remember Blair's husband at any event. <laughs> yes. He's he, the best. He is he the best. Was. Our friend Blair. People love listening to us talk about our friends and their spouses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> goodness. No, we went to Spirit Halloween and Dot is so weird at Spirit Halloween. She is just not afraid of like anything in that store. She's just like running up to like gross, disgusting zombies and just trying to push the buttons to make them move and stuff. I'm like, you're gonna grow up to be a murderer. I don't even know what's wrong with that kid. But she is she's only afraid of those things that move automatically that like she you don't push the button on. Yeah. So I was having a lot of fun at the store. But she still wants to look at them. She's interested in mm. them. So she'll keep dragging me back over to like this ghost and be like, "Daddy, look!" And I'll, and then eventually, when I get tired of looking at it, I'll be like, "Go touch it!" And I'll try to push her toward it, and then she runs away screaming to find Celia. So it's a good time. <laughs> she I needs recommend Cash and her need to go together, and he and she needs to show him the ropes because he. Yeah, I feel like Cash would not handle it well. From yeah, what he gets I know scared of Cash. on like normal things. I have this really scary mask at my house that mm-hmm. like it it scares me. I got it on the streets of Mexico. Okay. You and got it on the street. Yeah. I'm, like, yeah, literally. You purchased it from a vendor, yes. I assume. You didn't purchased just find from a, vendor a mask on, on the, the street and put it on, because that's like how horror movies begin. Yeah, well, I I kind of <laughs> think it's like a haunted mask, just because, you know. Because it, it talks to you at night and conv- tries to tell you to murder your family. It's very unique. It's like I'll that. show it to you. Yeah, I would love to see it. You'll have yeah, to tweet a picture night, of it. will come over, and I'll, I will stand... Well, we'll turn off the lights. I'll stand like in the back and just kind of like walk out of the room and see if you okay. freak out because you probably right. you may have I seen this like, one. I've had it for a long time, so I feel like it's gonna be a joke and I don't trust you. No, to be it's very I feel like you're gonna scary. come out with like a mask that you made of your own face or something <laughs> like you it's just your face. Don't look like yes. But to highlight dots, speaking of masks, to highlight her at the store, there was a point where. We turn around and she's literally jamming her head into like a Freddy Krueger mask that <laughs> was hanging on the shelf. Like the most grotesque looking, disgusting guy on the planet. And she's just like, ooh, I want to put this on. I'm like, What's wrong with that? Uh, yeah, good times. I'm excited for Halloween, Kyle. And speaking of, we should talk about like, movies, but not, I guess we shouldn't. We always like to talk about our history with the movies, right? Mm-hmm. This is an interesting case where... I'm sure you don't have a history with Steven Spielberg's duel. No, uh, I don't. But I bet you do have a history with Stevie Spielberg's himself. Who, yeah, is he? Uh, he's a director, right? Yeah, he's made a couple movies, I think. One or two movies you may have heard of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you? Are you a Spielberg guy, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, Spiel- yeah. Absolutely, you, a Spielberg guy. I I went right. through. Who would and say looked, no? Who's somebody who's yeah, like who's like who Steven didn't Spielberg. like? You know, oh Spielberg. I generally don't like his movies. You know, like he's got he's got the classics. He's he's the innovator. He's you know, um, very very uh, innovative director. Always pushing the technology. At least back when you still like could push practical effects and things. 
Like you know, yes, now he's pushing technology in a worse way. I don't like anything he's made. Anything he does that's very tech heavy now, I don't like. But he did set the standard with tech early on for mm-hmm. sure, and just storytelling in general. Just he's a, I mean, he's a master storyteller, which we'll talk about in this movie. But you can tell this guy's gonna go on to be like an amazing director, in my opinion, from this movie. Like his technique yeah. is there. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your? I guess I listed my top five. I was going to ask that. Good. So that's what I'm curious to know. Here's my top, top five, five, which this was not, I would say this was not difficult for me to pick the top five, um, mm-hmm. but it was difficult for me to place them in in what order I, I thought, you know, like one through five. Yeah. And so I'm pretty, I'd say I'm pretty confident with this, with this order, but. All right. Uh, I hear it. Number one, Back to the Future 2. What? He didn't direct Back to the Future? What? This is a terrible start to your it list. It is an awful pre- start. What he awful. did? He didn't direct Robert it? Zemeckis directed all the Back to the Future movies. Robert Zemeckis directed, co-written with Bob Gale. Steven Spielberg's just a producer on the movies. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Well, this, is, this is great. I can't wait to see how this goes now. Google is What's failed. next? So, what did I guess? Yeah, I guess number two is Jurassic Park. All right, well, you're good. You're in the clear. He did Jurassic Park. I thought he I'm like, was pretty sure on all these. I guess Back to the Future, I didn't like verify because I was just like, oh, yeah, he. that's I thought it was thought it was Spielberg's. But shameful. This is we've always said anyone who's listening, we've always said we have no qualifications to discuss movies. So and this is your cue to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, it's a producer on it, though. It counts. He right? produced. Well, he's listen. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he had a. Well, Robert Zemeckis was like Steven Spielberg's like a uh, project, we could say, right? Like Spielberg already had some cachet by the 80s. And he was like, this kid, Robert Zemeckis, he's going to be the next me. So he helped produce a lot of Robert Zemeckis's early movies. So they worked together pretty closely, I think, in the early days, like Back to the Future. OK, um, next I got uh, Catch Me If You Can. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's Spielberg all the way. Love that movie. That's a great one. I love that movie too. Yeah. And then uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, to be fair, this movie is just called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. I always think it is Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark as well. But it it's the first just one Raiders. is just called Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is fun to think about. But yeah. Good to know. And then yeah. um, my number five was The Goonies. That is also definitely not directed by Steven. It isn't? Why is he? No, there's absolutely no way. Is it that old? Okay. No, no, no. It's not that old. It's not too old, but I just know he didn't direct it. I I know his filmography well enough. Um, Who did direct The Goonies? Oh, done. Richard Donner directed The Goonies. Okay, so a terrible list. Terrible list. I I looked up a list of... Steven Spielberg movies and was totally failed. He did produce it, so that list was probably just like movies he produced as well. Okay. Yeah, and he he is a credited writer on The Goonies, so I guess we can give you some credit. It's him. He and Chris Columbus are the two credited writers on The Goonies. Um, All right, well, let me give a list of my own movies. This is actually tough because I didn't prepare a list, so I'm just looking at his movies right now. I think... I got obviously I love Jurassic Park. That's got to be number 1 for me, I think. And then 
Kyle. It's so hard. Because <laughs> I have like... Uh, Raiders of the Lost... No. E.T. Number two. I'm giving it to E.T. E.T. number two. E.T. number two for me. Yeah, I just don't have a lot of thoughts about E.T. I think it's fine, but it was never a nostalgic one for me. I got you. I understand. My Aunt Barb saw it like 20 plus times in theaters, though. She just went over and over. Let's get Aunt Barb on this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sounds good to me. Uh, this is hard. I think it's hard for me to separate the music from the movies for a lot of his movies. So I'm just like picturing the E.T. score in my head. And I'm like, oh, I love that. That's tough because it's John Williams. For I know. They're Most all like John music. Williams and they all rule. So uh, I guess I'd go Raiders, Jaws, and Schindler's List. Even I don't want to. Schindler's List is not a fun movie, but I think it's like a fantastic movie. That's one I have never seen. It's pretty heavy. I mean, I don't think I'll ever rewatch it, but it's incredible. And it's especially incredible that it came out the same year as Jurassic Park. He made like the biggest blockbuster ever and like a best picture winner and like AFI 100 list movie in the same year. Like pretty crazy, I think. I don't know. I I guess I, I would label my favorites by him, though. I would also include catch me if you can in there uh for sure and i really like close encounters as well i don't need to go through his whole filmography you guys know it you know what movie i like that people don't like by him kyle what hook yeah hook's fun people don't like hook yeah i hook think it's like to... a bad it's like got a bad rotten tomato score and everything too i think yeah i think you had to grow up at our exact age to like hook yes you have to be i think very people <laughs> Because I bet if I watched it fresh with adult eyes, I'd be like, this is garbage. Robin Williams pretending to be Peter Pan or whatever. And yeah. and it's not like very innovative in the way that it's telling the Peter Pan story. Like the look of the world isn't like especially unique or anything. But I think because it's like the first Peter Pan movie I ever saw. I'm just like, well, yeah, this rules. I love Hook and I love Rufio. Rufio is so cool. It's Zuko. How can you not love it? Yeah. Yeah, it's. Of course, it's Zuko and Zuko's grandson, right? Oh, yes. He also plays <laughs> fucking General Iroh in Avatar. Yes. Goodness gracious, Kyle. Terrible. All right. Well, listen, Spielberg, we don't need to fucking talk about him. He's one of the best directors of all time. Why do yeah. you recognize I think if I, I think if I had to get rid of like the movies they produced, Back to the Future 2 and The Goonies, I would probably yes. replace it with... Um, Honestly, with uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, I definitely watched that one more as a kid than Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now I, I think would, I would switch them and which ones I like better, but I really, really liked Last Crusade a lot. A lot I liked Last Crusade the most when I first saw them. I didn't see any of them until we were in like high school. Um, I just didn't watch them as a kid because I thought they looked old and boring. You oh, know? Yeah. Like, because they're replicating like a period, you know, mm -hmm. I was just like, ugh, the old movie, ew. Um, but Last Crusade is like the most fun. It's like the funniest, you know, it's got the goofiness of the dad yeah. and him together. Raiders of the Lost the cool, Ark is like, a little more edge. It's got like just the cool like religious stuff and, and things that I liked, you know, as a kid and enjoy it as well now. But um, yeah, I like that one. And then. Uh, I don't know if this is a top five one for me, but it's one that I, the recent one that I actually really liked and it was Ready Player One. I really enjoyed that movie. 
No. Me, no, like <laughs> Ready Player One. My problem with Ready Player One is you can't have the guy who the 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 story is like about how amazing they are, about how amazing the stuff they made was. You can't have that guy make the movie. Like Ready Player One is a book that's all like 80s and 70s movies. Pop culture was the greatest thing ever. And then you have the guy who made all of that pop culture directing the movie. Oh. It feels a little too <laughs> masturbatory to me. Yeah, like it's just not... Spielberg's not the right person to direct that movie in my mind. Because you can't Nerd step out back and look stuff, at his... Is what you're saying? You can't like... Yeah, <laughs> yes. Like you can't take a step back and really look at it objectively when you're the guy who made all that stuff to begin with and i just think the cg looks terrible in the movie oh, i just think that the maybe it looks I mean, horrible when me. it came out i thought it was pretty good and i thought it was really just, cool with the vr and I, I was, i'm like i love vr stuff and so i was really into it and um i also read the book too uh, beforehand and so i was looking forward to it and it was fun it's always yeah just fun to watch movies that are after books yeah. that you've read so i understand that uh, i think that would be a level of fun added to it i did not read the book the book seems better to me i i remember watching the movie that movie ready player one has the dumbest first obstacle to overcome ever with the race <laughs> where it was like all they had to do was drive backwards and it's like if you've ever played a video game in your life yeah there's somebody who drives backwards yeah, on a race like within the first day yeah like, you go backwards to, yes to, somebody would have see. done that so fast i always thought that was so silly because i was like We've played a lot of Destiny. We've played like games with hard puzzles and raids. Yeah. And that movie, it's like raid secrets would have cracked that case open. Yes. The so fast. The first so thing fast. you do, <laughs> first so thing quick. anybody does in a puzzle is like go the way you're not supposed to go. Like almost see if uh -huh. I can get out of the map. Like that's it. That's <laughs> immediately what people do in games. Yes. So that's yes. yeah. <laughs> that's no, no, good. The book is good. Funny. The book is good, but it's um. It just very, it really just seems like, like when you're reading it, you're like, this author is just totally nerding out about the 80s, like the whole time. And it's a bit much, I think. Like, you're just mm -hmm. like, wow, just cool, cool the jets a little bit. But um, it's a fun, it's a fun book. It's good. Yeah. I think Celia read it and I think she liked it. But, you know, I'm too cool to read books. I just watch movies all day, which yeah. is how I know Back to the Future 2 wasn't directed by yeah. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> um, you know, he's making he's making West Side Story or he already made it. It's coming out in like three months. West Side Story, his version. Sweet. Super amped. Yeah. That's, I love cool. West Side Story. It's one of my all time favorite movies, the original one. So I'm excited to have lots of problems with this one. <laughs> <laughs> they did this wrong. How could they? Um, yeah. Okay. You think we're think we're good talking about him, Kyle? I think so. About, did you add? Oh, you said you would do Ray Player One and and uh, Temple of Doom. Nobody added. No one put Saving Private Ryan in their list. Uh, it's, I mean, it's got Vin Diesel in it. It's got Vin Diesel. But it's, yeah, I guess it's I'm not really high on uh, war movies in general. I don't think. I don't like, so. a, I don't like a war movie. I like them. Out. I enjoy them. Like, uh, I mean, I used to watch Patriot all the time. And that's a really long, long movie. But Which um, one's that? The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Is that with Mel Gibson? Celia really liked I, uh, No, that's another one that I've always just been like, ah, it looks old and boring. And I yeah. just never watched it. <laughs> yeah, I've always liked war movies, but like, but I don't put them, I don't put them on. You know, I don't, 
let's watch this war movie. Yeah, it's let me sit, not... let me kick back and watch some people die horrifically on the beaches of Normandy. Yeah, that's what I want to do with my free time. Well, if you don't like that, Schindler's List is gonna only rougher, I would say. So, uh, you know, Holocaust movies tend to be pretty rough. <laughs> I would oof. Yeah. And on that note, Kyle, uh, should we pop it in? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's pop it in. Let's turn let's on the TV guide. Oh, it was on, it was on the tube. ABC in 1971. We're talking dual. Although the version, right away, the version I watched, I assume you rented it on Amazon yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. That's the version that was released theatrically I know. Abroad. I'm very disappointed that I know. the movie that we watched for this was not the made for TV movie. It was I the made for the European theatrical release. There were 16 minutes of additional footage in what we watched that were only shot for theaters. For what it's worth, we're I'm sorry. actually disappointed because I think I would have liked the TV cut better. Oh, I agree. On, I think the things yeah. that what I read from what I read, what it seems like they added is worse. Like it just yes. makes the movie worse. So. I do genuinely think the TV version probably was the superior version of the movie. Whew. All right, Kyle, we open <laughs> on this movie. And I'm excited right away because it's not a Disney castle. I gotta yeah. say, Universal Fanfare. I love the Universal opener. That's probably my number one for a movie to open with is Universal. Yeah, you can't beat it, really. You can't. Nothing beats it. I DreamWorks doesn't no, of course not. Ew. Pix I think the only thing Pixar that... is kind of fun, but it doesn't beat it. You know. I do you like Pixar? I think the only thing that comes close is 20th Century Fox, which like no longer exists. So yeah. yeah. It's just universal now for me. Um yeah. I do like a Warner Bros, but I like the weird I like the uh the old like 70s Warner Bros one that isn't the shield. I don't know how to describe it. Nobody's going to care. Nobody cares <laughs> about this. All right. Well, it opens with the Universal. That's the best. Okay. And as soon as the movie starts, Kyle, we got an well, opening shot. We get two shot. Universal logo entrances. We, at least we I did get, get two. Yeah, I, I did too. I got the modern too. one and then I got yeah. the old one. Which is yes. fine. It's nice. Well, it's clear that they just like tagged the modern one on to like the old master of the movie or whatever when they were remastering i don't even know because this movie looks great like yeah it does it it's does. good that we picked a spielberg movie for the first of these made for tv horror ones because like because it's spielberg it's obviously been treated well over time and had and been remastered to look good and not just be like a four by three like 480p TV cut, you know, on a VHS tape or something that we're watching, which is probably what we'll have to watch for the other ones that we're covering. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. Oh. Oh, um, movie opens with the a car's POV uh, shot backing out of the driveway, driving through the city, and eventually making its way toward a more isolated, like, deserty area, right? Mm -hmm. Which already, that's a great opening to this movie, I think. Yeah. That we, we're starting off in the safety of the city with, like, lots of cars everywhere, lots of people, and working our way toward isolation so that it's scarier once we're out there on the road alone. And yeah, you know this it's movie... just, like, an interesting start yeah. to it. It, like, already adds flavor, and you're like, oh, somebody creative is behind this 
movie. You know, it, yes. like I, it helps going into the, you know, Spielberg behind it. But when it's just the point of view of the front of the car going down the road with the, you got the opening credits on the, on the screen on the side and there's some radio ads and just general news going on mm-hmm. on the radio in the background of the car. It's just cool. You're just already like, I don't know. I don't know if invested is the right term, but it's just like, oh, this is like somebody. It's got a tone right away. Yeah. The tone is set and you're, and it's engrossing for sure. Um, And on the radio, you mentioned the radio broadcast. There's like an emasculate. I don't know if this was a bit like a like a prank phone call he was making or something. (laughs) It was like an emasculated man talking to a census person about how he doesn't want to put that his wife is the head of the household or something on the on the slip. It's I only took note because I assumed we were setting up some sort of theme of our protagonist being like feeling emasculated, feeling like they aren't living up to their manly potential or something in some way, you know, like they were going to be someone who had something to prove, which I think is kind of something that he tries to work into the movie as it keeps going. It's yeah. It's like slightly there. I, one thing I, one thing I thought I wished it was there a little bit more. I I, at least I expected it to be. And then it it didn't really happen at the end. What, Mm -hmm. what, but yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's, fine. I, it's uh, a weird radio thing. It's very just weird like, radio show. But unfortunately, I, I kind of married for, to the same woman for the last twenty-five years. I, I've lost the position of the head of the family. So <laughs> she works. I do the housework and take care of the baby. And it's just like he's embarrassed because he's not the head of the family. And yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't get what the radio thing. It's like sounds like a. It's a very. Bit, it's a very seventy. It sounded like a prank phone call, but very seventies like yeah. bit to be on for sure. Like. It's funny to me. And he is cracking up in the car later. There's like another radio program where the guy is like talking about like the, he plays an instrument. He plays meat or something. Oh, he, I did yeah, not play meat. I'm like, is this supposed to be like he plays the skin know. flute or something like that? I don't like know. Like, but, uh, what's the but he, was, here? he was cracking up uh, in the he car. Meat. <laughs> He's like, yo, buddy, that's a good one. He was like slapping his knees. What the fuck is this? I don't know. I loved it, though, because it was so weird. Uh, gosh. Uh, the main guy in the movie, there's only like two, there's only like one guy really for the majority of the movie. Dennis Weaver, that's the actor. Uh, and his character's name is David Mann, which I did not get until like, I wasn't really paying attention. I planned on watching this movie twice and not taking notes, but then it was like, like I wasn't going to take notes the first time, but then it was not very plot dense as it was going. So I was like, I can just take notes on this first watch. It'll be fine. But I did not get his name until like 80% of the way through the movie. I think I didn't yeah. realize what it was. I, I only um, knew it from checking IMDb. I think. Yeah, so. I think same. I was just like looking up something else and spotted it. Um, okay. Well, eventually our protagonist, he's driving, he comes upon like a truck that is just spewing like pollution <laughs> yes. in front of him and is going too slow. And he zooms past it. And this is a big truck, right? This is a big huge. gas truck. Huge. It is, yeah, huge. It is <laughs> dirty. It has got the giant words flammable on the back. Oh, the, yeah. The front of it's got the huge smokestack just spewing out. Toxic. It's a great villain truck. Like, it's yeah, so it is. nasty. It's got a looking. lot of license plates on the front, which I don't it know does. if that was a truck 
thing that used I, to have to be there, like different. I think they did it for different states they drove through, but I also think the implication is that maybe those are other cars that, that he has killed previously. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. That makes Which sense. Because awesome. there was a couple with the same state on it, like a couple with mm-hmm. New Mexico on it. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. So. Those, are his, those are his heads on a pike that he's yes. mounted to his car. That makes more sense. That's yeah. good. I but do think right. it is something that trucks did at some point, though. Like, they maybe they would just, I don't know, collect license plates they found, or they just did it for when they had to drive in different mm-hmm. areas. I'm not positive, but I did read something that was like, that was a convention of trucks in the past. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea more that it is his trophies. Um, it's not my favorite, uh, my favorite evil truck in a movie, though. Because my, my favorite evil truck is, of course, Snowplow Man, Snowplow Man's truck, ooh, truck in good. Snow Day. That's good, Kyle. Save it for later. Oh, I've already... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Um, okay, well, he, he, he goes past the truck, and then the, the truck passes him back, right? And then he tries to pass, he passes the truck again, and it honks at him. Uh, eventually, like, they're, they're just kind of, like, going back and forth, passing each other a bit. And he gets to a gas station, and the truck pulls up beside him. But we never see the driver exit because an attendant comes up to his car and, like, starts distracting him. So we don't see the person step out of the car. Um, and then uh, I like the the attendant when he's helping him. He specifically mentions, which of course won't come back later, <laughs> he needs a new radiator hose. Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to come back into play. He, <laughs> and his line here is just like, where have I heard that before? Oh yeah, and he's it's like not... he's like making a dick a dick joke. Like, oh, is it? I, I just think assumed. So. He I was... don't know what it was. Like, I thought it. Well, that works hey, for him being a masculine. He's like, oh, where have I heard that before? You know, I didn't even take that <laughs> meaning. I thought he was just saying like, of he... course, the guy checking my car is gonna tell me something's fucking Maybe. broken. I took it as, but a I like your reading so. because then that plays more into him being like feeling emasculated. Yeah. in some way. It, like needing a new radiator hose could be a thematic connection toward that. I'll I yeah I'll take beta it. I'll take male it. feeling that he has. Ad, yeah. that adds to that theme. I this yeah I think it would yeah I, I think it's good because right after this we uh he calls his wife or whatever mm-hmm. um he gets out of the car and calls his wife who's mad at him. This is one of the things that was added for the theatrical version, so we really shouldn't even talk about it. But yeah. uh, she's, yeah. like, mad at him because she got harassed at a party, like, sexually harassed, and he yeah. didn't Yeah, she's her. like, that dude practically raped me. And, yeah. he, and he's like, what do you want me to do? Go and go up to him and challenge him to a fist fight? Yes. It's like, so I this probably is our... would. Uh, I mean, yeah, would I'd you probably approach say a man something. if your wife said, hey, that dude, like, just basically raped me, whatever that yes. means. If like, someone was I would groping, probably, I'm assuming yes. they were at a party, he was drunk and he was groping her. At the very least, I'm going to be like, hey, fucking stop. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Like, Get in the middle and yes. shove off or, you know, something. Start something. I don't know. I Absolutely. mean, I'd be pretty mad. Not he, like on the phone, like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, he's so wimpy. Like, he, I know. He is a wimpy guy in, like, this scene. I thought that it would come back. I was like, I was really not expecting her to be in this movie. And then she's in it. It made yeah. a whole lot more sense later when it was like, oh, this scene was added on. Yes. I thought at the end of this movie, he might come back with this thought 
with him and mm-hmm. and this like guy that groped her and no. maybe like it would have been an end thing like he calls like gets call at least like calls him or something and I think a 1970s movie takes a woman being sexually harassed less seriously. Yeah. yeah and yes. thus it's just using it to set up that beta male tendency in him so yeah. that it will be more cathartic in the end when he stands up to the truck. I don't, yeah, I agree with you. I think a movie that came out today would probably not use that as just a plot device yes. too, or as just like a thematic device. Mm-hmm. It would bring it back in in a major way if it was going to introduce the concept of his wife being harassed by somebody. But this is the 70s, so they're just like, ah, his dame got hit on and he didn't have the balls to stand yeah, up. What a cuck. He's a total cuck. That's what he is. Yes. Um, I love the framing on that scene when he's talking to his oh, wife, though. Yes. With the woman in the foreground doing laundry and you yes. see him through the window. Oh, that was so, so good. good. I made special note of it. I was paying <laughs> yes. more attention to that than what he was saying. <laughs> I know. It's so... It's so good that uh, it's so good. yeah, just the framing of the shot, and I have to bring it up now because I think um, there there's like no score to to most of this movie. Oh yeah, it's so quiet throughout. Yeah, which is great. You know, this whole beginning where he's going around the truck and you know, and stuff. He's and now he's in the gas station. There's no score behind it. It just adds to the eeriness and the 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 like spookiness not spooky it just, um, there's a lot of there's so much tension there's no yeah, i feel like music music thrill. is like a release of tension you know like mm-hmm. even if it's scary music it's like oh we've reached the scary part so i know the scary thing is happening yeah. you know like when the scary music is playing but if there's no music at all it's just like you're constantly like on that edge of is something going to happen yeah. crazy right now like it's like why paranormal. It's like paranormal activity is the same way. Where at, at the night there's no sound, right? Obviously, but even during the day, when they're just saying normal stuff that you're just there's no music, and so you're already like a little bit on edge during the day, even though you know nothing really is going to happen. And then at night it goes, it, yeah, it's it, that same phenomenon where there's no music and it just adds adds that Ooh, yeah. that extra element, which is cool. It's just, it's, it's, this is a, this is a, I'll just get out right off the bat. This is a good movie. This movie we're covering right here. Uh, It's pretty good. Um, And you can tell so much of this is going to lead into like Jaws down the line. Like just the, even the not showing the driver, you know, like that's like Jaws' whole thing is you don't see the shark for the first like 80 minutes of the movie or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's like the, one of the most iconic things about it. People say is like not seeing it builds it up in your mind so much to be so scary and you never see the driver in this movie which just makes it yes the fear of the unknown is the biggest part of it and that's like you know what's crazy one of his quotes he says something about that specifically what's absolutely crazy about this movie too is when you read on the making of it and it's like they shot it in 13 days yeah there's so much so many car things going on like it would take you like 13 days to shoot like a scene of this movie in proper settings, you know? Yeah. Like, there'd uh, be so many people monitoring everything to make sure everything is safe. And like, no, let's just get two, let's just get a car and a truck 
we're just gonna go hit the road and film for 13 days and make yeah, it. Yeah, and they had, do you know how long they had to edit it before it aired? I, I, I did read it, but you tell me, baby. Just tell the people. 10 days, right? Yeah, 10 days to, to edit Trying to find my other notes. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, 10 days to edit it. They shot <laughs> it, and then in 10 days it was gonna air on TV. That's good luck. Nuts to me. Like, just insane. I know. Because I did it's special. Like, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just going to say that, uh, I mean, even making, like, when we make dumb YouTube videos, like, I would be stressed out to have 10 days to edit, like, a Destiny Cops episode. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I can't imagine having 10 days to edit this movie and nailing it. Like, yeah. Crazy. Uh huh. And, uh, um, I did special research for this one. For this movie, mm-hmm. I went to the library for research. Ooh. Yeah, I was actually there to use their three D printers to try and print my D and D character, which didn't turn out. But I made this cool Overwatch coin. Um, uh, I kept getting texts about that in our D and D group chat, and I was like, I did not sign up to hear Kyle's three D printing stories. Yes. Yeah. But whatever. Um, yeah, they have a 3D printer at the library that you can just go and use. There's a bunch That's of them. cool. So it's yeah, it's really cool. Um yeah, I was going through the library and there was a section on movies and I found a giant book on Spielberg. And so I flipped it open open to the dual section. And so yeah, ah. it was it's cool. It was only like three pages about the dual thing. Okay. But well. one of the funny things was when they released it to the European theaters, they released it in a new aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. And so Spielberg was in about 17 shots. Awesome. And so they had to like repan the shots because he was just in the back seat of the car. Okay. Well, there was a shot. One of the first shots in the movie, I swear I could see his reflection in the mirror in the yeah, back seat. Yeah, that's like yeah. one of some of the goofs of this movie is like you can yeah, see Spielberg in a few of the reflections. Okay, and so, yeah. right yeah. away I was like, was that Spielberg just sitting in the back in that reflection right yep, there? Was, yeah, that's great. So yeah, the European release, they like made the different format and it's just like he's just in the back seat. So awesome. I love that. Yeah. I want to watch that version of the movie. <laughs> I, know. I just want to see him in the back the whole time. Just like thinking about the shot, like doing uh, or, you know, like. How do I direct? He, we're gonna. I just. I'm. Sorry, I'm like. I'm obsessed with this movie now because of how good it is for like, so many constraints, you know. And the fact that he made it when he was like 25 is like, nuts to me. I didn't know. Was, yeah. Yeah. Wow. He was younger than us, 25 years old when this movie came out. Like that's just talent. Crazy just, to me. Yeah. <laughs> That he can, yeah. That he just took charge and made this thing how he wanted, and boop. I was, yeah, I was watching his. Like I told you before we were recording, I watched a little bit of the HBO has a Spielberg documentary that they did. Mm-hmm. I was, I just turned on the first like fifteen minutes, hoping it would start with him, like made, early career up to Jaws or whatever. But it just kind of started with Jaws, so I didn't get much. But I love that he was talking about how he wanted to make movies basically his entire life which is obvious, um, yeah. but that he almost like quit when he was 16. Like 16 mm. was the age where he almost drew the line. Like, oh, I can't do this. 16. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because, because he saw Lawrence of Arabia in the theater and it was so good <laughs> that he was like, I can't possibly make that, which is funny to me that it's like, he's ready to give up his dream because he can't make one of the best movies ever made. Like he just yeah. can't envision <laughs> doing that, which is, 
And then he goes on to make movies as good as Lords of Arabia. So good for you, Steve. Good for you, Steve. Yeah. Oh, well, Stevie, making movies. Making movies. Okay. So, okay, we talk about he called his wife and he gets back into his car to leave. And of course, Kyle, that truck is not far behind him. Uh, tension builds as he keeps speeding up only for the truck to match him. Uh, and like the, the truck is tailgating him, right? Like it's right yeah, behind him. It's like him. bumping his bumper. Yeah, so eventually he waves the truck in front of him, and as soon as it gets in front of him, it slows down, Yeah, which is infuriating. <laughs> I'm someone who's very prone to road rage. Oh, you when are? I'm driving. Nice, oh, I didn't know that. I am. I'm, so, I'm yelling at everybody on the road all the time when I'm driving. <laughs> I get so angry. That's awesome. When anyone does anything. If you anyone got any classic use... phrases? I mean... My dad has some classic phrases, because I'm not a road rage guy, but my dad is like, I mean, road trips, he's just always yelling at people. My dad's, he's very um, entertaining in some good ways and some bad ways while driving. Like, for one thing, he is, uh, he he wears disposable contacts, I think. But for years and years, he had glass contacts. And so you'd have to, like, rewater those, basically, to keep them. So, so he would frequently change his contacts while driving. <laughs> good. Just whip out the contact case, put it on his knee, quick, pop one out, put it in the thing, pop back in the other one. And we, and my mom and I were very good at, at catching this happening because we'd always just like yeah. go and put a hand on the wheel while he was uh-huh. doing it. There was no <laughs> verbal communication. It was just, oh, dad's changing his contacts while we're driving. Someone better have a hand on the wheel. But he, um, yeah, he would always, uh, he'd always tell, he'd, he'd always tell me, Kyle, if, if you go to bozo.com, you will see a picture of that guy's face right there. Bozo.com is what he would I call say. people bozos when I'm driving sometimes. So that Bozo's is, the go-to road rage word, I guess. I, I have to <laughs> dial it back to bozo like when Dot's in the car, but oh, I yeah. frequently am just narrating their mistakes, my perceive, my perception of their mistakes. So I'll just It's a lot of me just being like, oh, no, no, don't even use a turn signal. Why would you? Why would you even? It's a lot of me in the car when I'm driving. Oh, that's great. Or a lot of people who aren't going, be like, just, just go. Why aren't you going? Like, I'll be, I really will be yelling at people to move when they aren't. You need a megaphone. I think they should. You need a big old megaphone. Just I've yell gotten in some, I've gotten in some heated yelling matches with people uh, in the car in front of me before. I've had yelling back and forth with other people for not. <laughs> doing what they should be doing i really really get stressed in a vehicle uh that's 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 funny i yeah um yeah that's i what i really hate too is i hate when people try to cede the right away to me when they have the right away they get to a stop sign before me and they try to wave me no it's Uh, the right away infuriates me they're mm-hmm. like trying to be nice, but I'm so angry at it. I'm like, no, go, go, go. You have the right of way. Go. Mm-hmm. I can go. Got to keep the efficiency going. You know, yes. there's rules for a reason. Uh, Got to keep exactly. it efficient. Without rules, there'd be chaos. Yeah. It's like the beginning of like a <laughs> Disney movie villain. Yes. <laughs> okay. So he's frustrated because the truck gets in front of him and slows down, which would have me honking my horn for sure. I'd be angry. Oh, uh, I have. I can count on probably three fingers how many times I've ever honked the horn at something. Oh, no. Uh, my horn gets used. Mine's always like, <laughs> oh, the it tur- the red turned green. Do I need to, should I honk? Like, I don't want to <laughs> honk. 
and tell them to go. So I usually never do. And I like, give a call. Like, I'm like, ah, if we miss the slide, it's fine. No, 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 no. I give a cough honks at least once a week. I, uh, not like a long, angry honk, but the like, beep, the <clears throat> yeah. get moving honk. I do that all the time. Um, okay. He tries to pass the truck again, Kyle, but the truck starts boxing him out. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, the truck waves for him to pass. I love this move so I love much. this part too, but it's a trick, <laughs> Kyle. There's another car coming. He almost gets in a head-on collision with a so car much. in the other lane. That is a great moment. That is, ooh, at this man. point, like, it's probably that point where... Okay, so, so at this point, I don't really think that the truck driver is that malicious yet like he's just like there's just this rivalry on this road between these two guys like yeah i don't really fault the truck driver over over the over this wimpy guy over with man dan man or something david yeah. man is that what his name is his name is david man david yes. man like i'm not like I, i'm not like oh this truck driver is evil he's the worst driver like get get away from him at this point they're both being kind of road assholes but yeah, he's like not he doesn't seem forth. like he's evil he's just like well fuck this guy i'm not gonna let him pass me is more of his vibe right like yeah. they're both and, then, that vibe. Yeah. and then he waves him on into oncoming <laughs> traffic and that's like the first thing like okay like <laughs> okay you always like just killed out loud him and an innocent move. person yeah like that's a hilarious move to me just you can pass and there's a car. Oh no, you're just... good, buddy. <laughs> it yeah. is a really great it is a great part. What did you, you watch this with Carrie, right? With your wife? Yeah, yeah. I'm curious how she liked the movie. If she she, enjoyed she it was at all. working during it. So she Okay. I asked her if she wanted to do a Carrie's corner. Ooh, <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, but no, she she not didn't. Interested. She was she I was thought maybe when attention. I was watching so. it. When I was watching it, I could see it going either way because there's not a lot of narrative, you know, but mm-hmm. it's also almost Fast and the Furious adjacent in terms of the stunts that are going on. Yeah. Like very 70s proto car Fast and Furious type movie mm-hmm. in, in some way. So I was like, maybe she'd really like it or maybe she'd hate it. But I guess I think the repetitive know. nature of some of it wouldn't would have, have turned her. Re- would have turned yeah. her off and just been like, uh, I don't really want to watch this movie where the repetitive nature, I, I didn't like some of the repetitive natures, but one of my like little negatives for the movie, but it's, mm-hmm. but overall I was intrigued and I wanted to keep yeah. watching it. So yeah. All right. But. Well, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there folks. We don't want to jump ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, he manages, uh, to use like a little, he doesn't hit that car. He ends up back behind the truck. He's trying to pass him again. He can't. He manages to use like a little dirt off-road, like a diverted path or whatever to zoom up and get past the truck. Yeah, again. he uses a Mario Kart shortcut, basically. Yes, he takes a Mario Kart <laughs> Which shortcut. Which I didn't know existed perfect. in real life. I should probably look out for him because apparently... Yeah, keep an eye out for him. <laughs> they have uh, item boxes, too, when you take the shortcuts. Oh, they do? Can, wow. Yeah, you can throw blue shells at cars that are bothering him <laughs> on the road. Just bombs um, the... <laughs> Can I become a bullet? A giant bullet yes, bill? You can. Just yes. Speed through. Oh goodness. You're getting they cast you to play Bullet Bill in the uh, Mario movie that's yeah. going out, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm casting. You're gonna be bill. opposite Chris Pratt as Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And uh Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong and sure. I think Donkey Kong, I think Stoner. So that just makes sense to me. Just yeah. checks out. 
feel like Seth Rogen should have been. Bowser's someone funny too, right? Jack Black, I yeah. think, is Bowser. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> what is this movie? What is going to happen with I this movie? I have no idea <laughs> what it could be. I don't know how you can make a good Mario movie, period. Like, it's just... How are they expect? Like, they, they have the top of the A-list talent for this Mario yeah. movie, right? Like, these guys, yes. like, we're making fun of the casting choices, but they are, like... A list. We got Charlie yeah. Day yeah. as Luigi. We got Anna Taylor Joy or whatever as Princess Peach. Like mm-hmm. these are all very much famous people. Very talented, famous people. Even though I'm kind of so so on Chris Pratt, I do think he's good at voice work. So I do think he even though I think he's a insane casting choice for Mario, <laughs> I, he, he is a good voice actor we've seen in the past, so like Maybe he's good he does a really Lego great movie. Mario impression. Well, it's like, like I don't want to hear. I don't want to watch a ninety-minute movie of Wahoo, Yahoo, Mario, or whatever. Like that's gonna suck. Yeah. So they gotta be doing something different than that. So clearly they they don't want to cast for that voice. But I don't know. Is he gonna do an Italian accent? Is it gonna I be Chris know. Pratt doing a weird Italian accent the whole time? <sighs> Ugh. He should just not talk. A lot of red flags. Yeah. Who's the cast? Well, he had red director? flags at the end of the level because he jumped and he hit the oh, top yeah. of the flag. Sure, sure. Obviously. Sure. What? We should look up the casting director, see what else they've directed casting wise, and see if yeah, it's. We're not going to do that, but we should. Okay. Yeah, we should. Not, we're going to tease right it for next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a teaser, folks. Um, he zooms ahead, he gets ahead of the truck, Kyle. But it isn't long before the truck starts tailing him closely again, uh, and they start to really zoom at this point. Yeah. I love this part where he's using the speedometer to like represent like how nervous the protagonist feels. Basically, like the tension is building up with the speed. Yeah. So it's like as he's like, "Well, okay, this guy's this guy's fucking with me. I'll speed up a little bit." And then it's like, "Okay, he's really." not easing up like you can just feel the tension in our lead mm. as we get closer and closer to like a hundred miles per hour they're going yeah. and it's insane right. that this truck can outpace this car right like right yeah and i think that they are supposed to maybe be on like a little bit of a down slope and that's why he's able to oh, keep up okay maybe he does he references it at one point he's like how the heck is this car is this truck like speeding <laughs> this fast but evil truck man um yeah evil truck yeah. energy yes it gets very tense um he's right up on him and eventually he's looking for some form of sanctuary he like pulls off the road and crashes into a fence outside of a diner um and then he just goes he goes into he parks the car the truck i don't think is anywhere to be seen when he like pulls off the road um at first and he gets out of the car he goes to the bathroom and he this is where he has like they introduce this sort of internal monologue. I think that maybe comes mm-hmm. a little too late in the movie. Wait, hold on. Personally, I think my pager's going off because beep, 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 we got beep, Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. It's Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. What's wrong with them? Very quick. I had to re- re- think about it. And really, they gave you the diagnosis because when he gets out of the car, his neck is hurting pretty bad. And he's got some whiplash. Whiplash! Which is just uh, whiplash. You know, you get in the car, you your your head is thrown a certain way. If you're in a car wreck, your your muscles are trained to keep your head straight. And so mm-hmm. they 
really strain themselves and you get a cervical muscle strain, basically. Cervical strain your muscles. Um, gotta check, make sure you don't have any bony tenderness because you might need a CT scan. Make sure you don't, you didn't break any bones in your neck because one thing you'd hate to do is turn your head one way and sever your spinal cord. You definitely don't want to do that. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I definitely would not want to do that. Uh, yeah, you're right. become paralyzed from just looking. That's why when there's ever a trauma incident, like my you worst keep nightmare. somebody in the neck collar. Um, it's really uncomfortable a lot of times, but you keep them in the neck collar until you can get 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 scanned and make sure everything's good with the bony structures and the neck is stable and can take that neck brace off. Hmm. He doesn't seem to be in that much trouble with it. It looks like he's just kind of rubbing his neck a little bit. And um, and yeah, other things that he'd probably have, he might have a seatbelt sign because he was. I think he was wearing a seatbelt, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. He's practical. Yeah, he's wearing a seatbelt. So uh, seatbelt sign is just bruising in the pattern of the seatbelt on the chest. And so it's one thing that you look for in trauma patients who are out of it usually. You just got to make try and figure out mm-hmm. what area they had trauma to. Um, you can do a little uh, fast exam if they're out of it, which is a it's FAST exam, but it's an ultrasound looking for free fluid in different areas, the kidneys, the 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 pericardial sac and um yeah kind of going further into this than i thought i would but basically he's got cervical he's got all right uh, cervical muscle strain he's got whiplash boom dr davidson's diagnosis dr davidson's diagnosis now i have i've been in an accident once i don't think i had whiplash uh but i'm surprised nobody ever really brought up the possibility to me because i i was in an accident we were in high school uh in kyle hess's car oh was, in my neighborhood yes it was actually I still look his, at that tree and look you still hey, notice wow. it <laughs> remember when those that tree had limbs <laughs> it was actually his mom's car i remember it was like his mom's brand new car oh jeez. yeah i think they had had it like a week and he asked if he could drive it to the we were going to somebody's house after going to tim's fire thing yeah we were going to tim's and yeah we were Definitely maybe going a little faster than we were supposed to in the neighborhood. And it was icy out. Was it icy? I don't remember. I'm pretty I sure remember it was, icy it was out. I don't think it was icy. I thought it was just that it was... That turn has no light on it, or it didn't at the time. And we were going like 70 miles per hour. Uh, <laughs> so we the really The neighborhood out. is like a super speedway highway. Like it has that feel to it. And so, yeah. yeah. Yes, we, we had lost... He didn't know how to get to Tim's house. And we lost the car in front of us. So you were at the speeding turn. up to get to him. Yeah, so he was yeah. trying to speed to catch up, and he, like, floored it to be funny. And then we spun out once there was, like, oh, there's a turn right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. crap. So then we went. We, def- we caught some air off of the, I remember catching some air off of, like, the, what is it, the curb? Because mm-hmm. when we, like, were looking at the grass, there was, like, a couple feet of no tire marks in the grass and then like it hit and spun into spun into the tree but yeah i remember a little bit of tenderness in my neck i could have sued i should have sued kyle sued. Flash, maybe. yeah sued no. kyle i mostly remember the it wouldn't have happened to david in the movie but i remember the airbags like burning like a scent like basically feeling like rug burn in a couple spots where the airbags had like blown off next to me or whatever yeah. So, not a fan of car accidents. I gotta not say, not a fan. Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not good. Not, do not. Do not, not enjoy 
very sobering few seconds. I mean, I was sober at the time anyway, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remember very clearly the feeling of like, oh, we're spinning out of control and feeling like slow motion as we were like spinning up onto the grass. It was it was great. It wasn't great, but it's a good, you know. Glad you just got out of it with a little whiplash. That was, that was exactly. Good. Yeah. I turned out me and David Mann, we're both fine from our crashes. He's being a baby, this guy. Um, all right, he goes into the he goes into the bathroom, like we were saying, and he gives himself kind of a like a pep talk in the bathroom, right? It's like it's all, but it's all like a narration. Monologue, yes, right? internal monologue, um, which I just thought was a little weird to introduce internal monologue like 20, 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah, that's the type yeah. of thing that if you're gonna have it in your movie i like it to be there established in the beginning it's a, it's just a little bit abrasive to have it come in the middle of a movie like it's an idea that yeah. you want like to get used to not just yes. like hey you're hearing his thoughts now like it's yeah. just it's like, a storytelling device and you want to set up like the cinematic language in the first act and i think at this point we're kind of in the beginning of the second act yeah and yeah. so you, we don't, it's all of a sudden, oh, we're going to hear his thoughts now. Um, it's a weird device that you don't really see a whole lot in modern movies. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. used to hearing their thoughts on the inner side. Now we have more no. modern ways of doing that. Like a lot of times people like they text somebody, you yes. know, they have their phone or they yeah. call somebody. I thought we would get more, maybe a little bit more of one-sided monologue if you were to go and like, have another scene where he calls his wife and maybe he gets the answering yeah. machine and maybe get more of the monologue that way. But instead it's just more of him thinking, you know, and yeah. you're, you're hearing his anxiety of like, Oh gosh, like what is this truck doing? What am I I'm kind supposed of, to do? I'm kind of mixed on it though. Cause at the same time, even though, like I said, I like it to be there earlier. I do like that. It sets off like, okay, this scene has a different tone to it. You know, like it's a clear, like demarcation line that we're entering like a new phase of the movie at the same time, you know, which Mm -hmm. is smart in its own right. And as a kid, I actually always wanted movies to have that internal monologue more (laughs) because like it bothered me. You were talking about liking seeing movies, a book version or movies of books. Mm -hmm. It always bothered me watching a movie like Harry Potter that I was used to hearing Harry's, internal thought like knowing what he was thinking but in the movie version they have to just like imply it all all the time and i always felt right. like i couldn't connect with him as much because i didn't have that internal monologue you're not so as a kid, physically in his shoes yes yeah, as a kid i would have loved it if harry potter was just full of scenes of him thinking to himself like yeah. where we could hear it i would have been thrilled because i always hated that in in the sorting hat scene that yeah he's physically talking in the movie like everyone's watching him and he's sitting there going, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> I like it better when that's just a voice in his head mm-hmm. that he's thinking it and the hat can talk back to him, which you would think at least in that scene, they could have done it without him talking. I think people, magic. I don't know. It just, it seems goofy, right? Like a, like internal monologue just to me, just seems a little goofy. I think it works okay in this. Yeah. Like it's- it can be goofy for sure. And I definitely thought it was goofy as it goes on to the next scene, uh, before we get all do that though, I just want to say he's in the bathroom. He's giving himself the pep talk. He mentioned something about like being back in the jungle, and I didn't know if that was supposed to imply that he was some sort of war veteran. 
I guess. In his internal thought, he says, he's like, you think you're grounded, you're back to normal or something, and then something happens and you're right back in the jungle or something like that. I guess I didn't uh, catch it, but yeah, yeah it I was just assume that's a war thing. Yeah, so I think there's some sort of element of that in his backstory that I'm not really sure. It never really came up again, but that was what I perceived, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, all right, but he makes his way back out from the bathroom after his little calm-down pep talk, and he sees that the truck is parked through the window. Yeah. And the driver must be in the diner, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And then he um, he sits down, and he starts having more internal monologue where he's trying he to looks like This is where he looks at the bar and sees the, yeah. the guys that look like truck drivers. He sees different there. guys with boots all, like, sitting there because he saw boots on the driver earlier. Yeah. So he thinks one of them has to be the guy. And he starts, like, rationalizing the situation. Like, maybe I just offended that guy. It's probably nothing. And then he's trying to, like, come up with a plan while he's sitting there to figure out who the driver could be. And he's got, like, these scenes where he's imagining going up to them and being like, listen, I'm sorry if I offended you earlier or whatever. (laughs) Um, But I did love, speaking of the goofiness, I couldn't help but imagine him, Dennis Weaver, the actor, just sitting there for, like, multiple hours of filming saying nothing just like look worried rub your yeah. hands rub your face yeah, <laughs> like, just... yeah. That was really funny look at that guy. look at this guy that. yeah just yes. you're gonna narrate over this we got 10 we'll days later yeah we got <laughs> yes. 10 days out of this we'll be good we'll be fine uh, um, yeah it's i and then the internal monologue for this like mm-hmm. i think i i think i would have preferred it so, so if you took out the internal monologue and just did a, did more, um, you could have him imag- still imagining doing these going up to the people. You could, I think, them. you could still do a lot of this, communicate a lot of this with visuals for yeah. sure. It would yes. definitely push this movie further into a, um, like a, a silent film almost. Mm-hmm. If they took out all of the internal monologue stuff, so I'm just yeah. I'm a little split on it whether I really like it or not. I think, I think a really skilled director like Spielberg could have done this without monologue and it still would have felt tense and awesome. Like, yeah, and I think that he wanted to because I was reading that he wanted le- even less dialogue that there, than there is mm-hmm. in the movie and I think that they... The, um, I was going to say it feels out. like something that network executives would give him the note. Like, yeah, like, hey, this people at home that. aren't yeah. going to want to just watch silence for this long. You know, <laughs> like we're good. We need something yeah. because this is a TV movie. People are going to change the channel. Like, it's not like a movie theater where you've got them locked in. So you have to sure. keep them captivating. Sure. And I don't think that the way it's done is comes off horrible. It just comes off a little cheesy. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's definitely still like the, enjoyable. The main actor's performance is okay. I wasn't in love with it. And it's probably hard to, I don't know. Monologue. I think it's a very hard thing to do. Like it doesn't seem like an easy thing to act and do. No. Well, so not at all, but you can easily imagine like the spiel or, or even like a, a Tarantino movie equivalent of this where it's a lot of close-ups of his face and then like cut to like the imaginary scene of him trying to talk to the patron and it not Mm -hmm. working out and then cut right back to him like close up on that seat or whatever and you've communicated the idea that that was all in his head without him having to say anything it would have been fine he essentially does that i mean it's kind of like in once upon a time in hollywood uh 
just, I don't know why Tarantino's what's popping in my mind, but there's a scene where like Brad Pitt's fixing the roof and he has like a flashback or whatever to an yeah. earlier time in his life. And that cuts back and Brad Pitt just kind of like shrugs, like, okay, I guess I was being an asshole. Yeah. And you could <laughs> do that same thing, same trick for this scene. It would have been fine, but I still really like this diner chunk of the movie. Yeah. I really yeah, like it. It's a good, it's a good piece. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one customer leaves and it looks like it could be like he's going toward the truck to get in classic it's just this car's parked right behind the truck mm-hmm. moment um and you can uh yeah I, when i was watching it i did i took note like this was like the point where i was like okay well this is like you can tell spielberg's gonna become spielberg because this is a scene where like there's 20 minutes of literally nothing happening mm-hmm. and it still feels like tense <laughs> so yeah. it's like yeah you know this guy's gonna be pretty good um he does eventually confront one of the customers in real life not just in his head who he suspects is the driver he just like picks him he's like you're i know i don't know why he picks him we needed a better reason for him to pick that guy Mm -hmm. he's just going nuts i guess um and that guy is like taking a huge bite of his i know and i I don't know if i'm bringing this up because (laughs) it bothered me i wonder if it bothered you but he has this huge bite of the sandwich and he like takes his beer and like takes a sip of the beer (laughs) to like help wash down the sandwich. Yeah. And I just found that like gross. I don't oh, you know. Don't do oh, I would do that. No problem. I don't think that's gross at all. Like, I you think know? it's something people do, but for some reason I was like, oh, like what? don't take a <laughs> drink of your beer. Like, well, you have a giant, I can get it. Like maybe the sandwich was so dry. You needed to wet it down to get it. I have, I like, there are certain foods that I like to mix their flavor with my drink. This is weird sounding, but like... Is that what people do when they're like, you gotta pair it with this? They actually like squish it in their mouth and make a slurry? I don't know if other people do that, <laughs> but I do that with certain okay. foods. Like, if I'm eating Coke, or if I'm eating pizza and I'm drinking Coke... You're I snorting love, Coke. Yeah, if I'm snorting you- my cocaine <laughs> while I eat my pizza. No, if I'm drinking Coca-Cola and I have pizza, I love pizza crust and like Coke mixed together. Like, I'll take a bite of crust and then specifically take a sip of Coke to mix the two flavors in my mouth. I don't know if that's okay. weird or normal. I do the same thing with Cheez-Its and Coke. I really enjoy the Ugh, combination. Interesting. I So weird. I've had this conversation before once with our good friend Fallout, who was on our mm-hmm. last episode that we actually got to release because we're recording this the week that we had to skip the Bambi 2 release. Um, I have certain flavors or food things that I objectively don't think taste good but at the same time, I like them. I don't know how to describe it. Interesting. It's like I enjoy like a like a KFC potato wedge that's cold when it just tastes like pure starch with <laughs> seasoning on it. I recognize <laughs> that it's not good, but there's something about it that I find oddly captivating that's and I will keep <laughs> eating them. <laughs> that's gotta be biology. That's gotta be your body saying, this is pure carbs. This is going to keep me alive in the jungle when you're running from the saber-toothed tiger, you know. This is going to yes. this is going to be your energy because your body still thinks, you know, that we're in danger all the time. And yeah. uh that it's probably just it's your body sensing that it's it's great. Maybe. I guess a energy. good energy source? Yeah. It's just I, I an just... energy source and it's just like eat it. That's why I mean everybody yeah. loves potatoes and stuff right yeah it's and greasy food well greasy i guess okay well here's a weird one too then i like as a kid 
And I'd probably still like it now. I haven't made it now. But I can remember the taste, and it's not good. But a crunchy peanut butter with Kraft cheese single sandwich is something that I would make. <laughs> That's just interesting. That's and I, I don't think it tastes good, but I like eating it still. And I don't know why that is the case, but... It's weird. Maybe, well, okay. So, peanut butter and cheese. Maybe there's something to peanut butter and cheese that we need to explore more because one snack that I ate in college a lot was easy cheese squirted okay. onto a nutty bar. Oh. Have you ever tried that? that? No, I have not. I but it, it sounds like jo- <laughs> I did it as a joke one time. And then it turned into not a joke. Oh, listen, it sounds like <laughs> an example of the type of thing I'm talking about where it doesn't, it just tastes weird, but like in a way that's It was like salty and sweet peanut butter and easy cheese. Like <laughs> I just like take a bite at a time. I do a little dollop on the end of the yeah. nutty bar. All right, well, when I come over mm. to watch the thing tomorrow, I know what snack we're having. <laughs> we need uh, to get easy cheese and nutty bars. I haven't had easy cheese in like fucking 20 oh, years, I, I feel like. Cheese. It's... Let me tell you, since finishing residency and stuff, I have lost, let's see, I've lost now um, 10 or 15, uh, 16, 17 pounds now. We can't just keep adding numbers onto the total. Well, I had to, yeah. 21, 30. I'm literally on the treadmill right now. That's true. You are sweating profusely. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how you're keeping the mic noise out. Honestly, it's incredible. Like a very, yeah, high-tech, high-tech stuff. Uh, High-tech volume reducers, whatever. Um, Yeah, no. Your diet has gotten better since you got out of residency basically yeah so yeah so i'm not sitting around eating i, I haven't eaten easy cheese and nutty bars in a long time that's that was <laughs> way before but yeah the uh, t- attending life has been good for me so far uh, i love it i'm definitely down to try it i'll tell you that much okay <laughs> he confronts this guy who washes down his sandwich with beer um he smacks the sandwich out of his hand which is a bold move Because this guy is like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about to him, basically. Yeah. Uh, And the guy gets angry and logically punches him in the gut. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't like this. I'm just like, why did he randomly flip out of the sandwich guy? Why is he suddenly being bold and like smacking it out of his hand? And then he gets beat up because. Yeah, I I think this is just our hints of him reaching that. Like, I'm not going to take it anymore. But he, then he kind of recedes back. I feel like, but he gets maybe because he gets, he gets punched. He gets punched yeah. in the gut. So maybe that and is so. what is him like. Okay, I'm not gonna stand up to the truck driver until the end of the movie. Maybe that's like just him trying to assert alpha and being pushed back to beta yeah. or whatever status. But I don't know why he picks this guy. I wish there was something that gave a better indicator for like why it's that guy. Why that guy? There's there's yeah. no hints. It's not like oh this no. is the guy. You know, it's just either way. Yeah. It's whatever. They got 10 days to shoot this thing, Kyle. All right. Uh, let's get moving. Um, and then the, while he's contemplating his fuck up uh, after he got punched, the truck turns on outside and drives away. And we never get to see who got into it. Um, and for some reason, he then tries to chase the truck on foot, which is one of the more insane decisions <laughs> yes. I can think of. Uh, this guy was trying to kill you when you were in your car. And you're, you're trying to, to stay away him. from him. Why yeah. are you sprinting after him now? Especially if we, we've just seen you become the beta again. Yeah, I know. Why are you? Odd, yeah, odd choice. It's, 
Uh, and then uh, I think it's pretty rude. He gets into his car and he drives off. He does not fix the fence that he crashed into. Yeah, he I wrote not, that down too. He does like, not pay his like check the at the character. diner. What? Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He doesn't pay his bill. He's a jerk. He is a jerk. I don't dislike him. He's going through a lot right now, but he's clearly a a flawed hero. He has yeah, a like, man attempting to murder him. So it's yeah. like... You know, and I at this it. point, I don't really know if the truck driver is really wanting to murder him. Like, I get the he, the, he did do the head-on wave thing. Yeah, that, that easily could like have passive, murdered him. Like, I'm gonna put you yeah, in danger. Yeah, but then he was like he was murder. really tailing him at like a hundred, pushing into the back of him. I think we're yeah. at the point where I'd be pretty stressed. I might I'd be nervous about of him being psycho and like yeah. Yeah, I'm at the so. point where I would have just turned around and gone the other. I would have just yes. turned back home. Yeah, many times in this movie he could just turn around, but he's not he willing could. to do that. No. So he doesn't have a cell phone to like call his boss to let him know or anything, I guess, or text him. So he's like, I gotta make this meeting. I think he's going to a meeting. I, I'm not really I can't really remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I thought he was just going he's not just going home, right? Like he's No, because he left home in the city and yeah. he's driving to go to a meeting. I think probably the businessman side of him is tying in with that lack of like primal alpha nature that he has. Cause later, like at the end of the movie, he uses his briefcase as like his final move to like assert his dominance or whatever. Like he ditches his shackle to the corporate world oh, in the I process. So on that. <laughs> I'm guessing that that is probably what they were going for. If I had, if oh, I wow. had to That's... take a guess. <laughs> Cause I feel like, Spielberg, any creative type is probably in some ways looking at like being an, especially in like the 70s, 80s, being like an office drone type person is like denying your true manly nature or whatever, you know, like I feel like there's sort of like a always an inherent tension or uh, I don't know, looking down in a way on like uh, how you being in an office setting and having a boss and you're not your own man or whatever in in a lot of older media. Sure. Um, so yeah. I could believe that that's something he's going for. I didn't think that much about it until right now either, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that's what pops in my head. Okay. Um, he, uh, where was I at? Um, okay. He, he, he drives away. He doesn't pay his check he, or anything like that. He gets on back on the road, and he isn't on the road long before he comes upon. This is another added scene, I think. He comes upon a broken school bus. Yeah, this whole um, this whole scene was added, right? Yeah, this I has got to so. be most of the time. I think it's this: the phone call with the wife, and if I, and it said something about it said some train stuff. So I think later when the truck is like kind of pushing him toward right. the train, it's yeah. probably another thing. Um, so he gets out. Uh, the the bus driver asks him if he can use his car to push the school bus forward to like get it moving i guess i don't get I don't, how that's supposed to help like i guess does it's it help like a motor if you like push a car and get the things going then it, i've then definitely had situations it? yeah where like in order to get it to turn over you got to get it moving first so i think it's one of those deals mm -hmm. um or that's the theory that the bus driver is operating on um so he asks him to help and he's like my car's gonna get stuck and the bus driver's like i think you're fine uh and no it doesn't it, it, he gets stuck yeah he gets uh, stuck. his bumper gets hooked underneath and lodged under the bus and i think that this is another moment where they're hitting him feeling like emasculated in a way uh because all the kids are like laughing at him because he couldn't do it yeah like all these kids are pointing and laughing in the back of the bus because he's not strong enough to push the bus mm -hmm. um 
And while he and the bus driver are trying to get his car loose, the evil truck. Like, I was also getting annoyed. That, like, I was like, why isn't he telling the kids to go to the front of the bus? Because they're like pushing down the back of it. So it's like making the yeah. situation worse. So I thought he was going to tell him to move. And then I don't know why he's yeah. helping this bus at all. Why isn't he just like, oh, there's a diner like back this way. Just go walk to the diner and like call a tow truck. Like, to help there's him. a murder truck that he's worried about. He's, he's a fan of it. The bus, bus driver basically like kind of, he doesn't bully him into it. He's like, oh, you're going to help. Yeah, yeah that's like, true. Oh, he, does, right. he, he does get alphaed a little bit by the bus driver as well. Um, the uh, Well, the murder truck is watching them from a tunnel nearby and he gets motivated by the murder truck to get his car free he like has the bus driver get in and he starts jumping on the hood of his car to get it loose <laughs> um so he does they get it loose and um he gets into his car and he pulls away and starts driving away uh only to see that the truck starts successfully helping the bus get pushed away which i think is like the truck like stunting on him you know like, you were too weak to do this you know is like the i guess that makes more sense i didn't like it because i was like oh the truck driver's doing something nice like yeah he's doing I it know, like, like we're you're we're inserting the narrative that he's doing it to like prove a point for the they'll be like look at it like i how think that I even if it's not but, the character motivation i do think that is the thematic motivation that like or the 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 theme that he's trying to hit home to go along with this sort of yeah. repressed I would say beta male. There. Just because I like he specifically highlights the kids laughing at him and being like, "You can't do it. You're too weak," or whatever, like lines like that. Mm -hmm. So then having his main antagonist in the movie, when we've seen all these things where he feels emasculated, then do the thing he couldn't do, push this bus through a tunnel it's also a little phallic anything going into a tunnel <laughs> is all and cars in general in movies are always kind of like serving as like a substitute penis i feel like for sure. like male yeah, characters for something you know? exactly so i think it is Radio like house, oh, here's this right? here's this big truck who can fucking he can get it done and yeah. it's like yeah he can't fucking he can't get it up he can't get this bus moving <laughs> there's something there uh, well, he sees that, and it seems like he's safe. A bit later, he casually pulls up to a railroad crossing. Again, these inserts make it worse because it makes it feel more casual. Like, yeah, it kind of like, cuts oh, out some of the tension. Is. You know, here's yeah. another instance yes. where, yeah, go ahead and describe what happens at the. At the he gets stop. he gets stopped by the railroad crossing going down. The train is coming, and the big truck just comes up behind him and starts like inching him toward the train basically yeah um and even he doesn't hit the train he ends up getting like pushed off the road and then the truck just passes by him and honks kind yeah. of condescendingly I, I think the main reason i don't like that scene is because it doesn't seem like the truck is trying that hard to push him in the train yes you I know agree. it's like he's just it, it just seems like he's playing like cat and mouse a little bit just like playing with him mm -hmm. still like it's nothing he's... i still feel like the truck is just kind of playing with him, messing with this dude because this truck driver has nothing better to do. And he's mm -hmm. like, just like this, you know, I'm going to bully this car and have fun on the road doing it. And like, may or may not, like, yeah, he did send him a non-coming traffic, but like. <laughs> I think bully is the right word and why I think both of these scenes are like kind of fun, but for the theme, but don't work for keeping the tension in the story because they're both just feel like something like, like he's picking on him, not like he's yeah. trying to kill he's just, him. Yeah, it just seems like he's yeah. picking on him. It's more like it's like if a bully's like 
like the when he's pushing him in the toward the train, it's like the equivalent of like a bully like who keeps flicking the back of your ear in class or whatever. And you're like, cut it out! And he just keeps like, what are you going to do, baby? Yeah. Like, that's the vibe of the scene. It doesn't feel like he's really trying to kill him. It just feels like he's being like, oh, you little baby. And then when he like honks at him when he's leaving, it's like, it's more like he's just being condescending, not like he's being threatening in a way, mm-hmm. which is, I think, cutting away from the tension of, oh, this truck driver's trying to murder him, which is more compelling than the bullying aspect. For sure, I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. I think the TV movie version of this is probably better. That yeah, I wish I would have watched watched it. You yeah. know, but I don't Agreed. know where but I don't know I where you can watch it. it. You can't really yeah. find it, so we'll just cut it ourselves. Yeah, in my mind, I'm just gonna excise these two scenes from the movie. Yeah, I don't think they're like horrible. They just don't really add much. To they don't it. add what I want to be yeah. added. You know, or, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then, uh, so he pulls back onto the road and he continues driving, but we see he is taking things pretty slowly now. Uh, like another car goes zooming past him. So it feels like he's kind of like being even more of a beta. Like he's, <laughs> he's like, all right, fine. I'm just going to go real slow. It's no use though, Kyle, because he soon comes upon the truck waiting for him by the side of the road and he begins blocking his way, driving even slower again. Um, so he pulls off at a gas station uh, and the driver, like, stops up the road waiting for him a bit. And I, I love this part. He, he gets out and, like, I love the old lady who comes out of the gas yes. station. Is like, she run, it's called Snake-O-Rama. Yeah, she it's runs very rat race squirrel lady yes. vibes, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> It's very, she's a side of the road where she's got, like, her little reptile zoo that you can come look at where she's got... Not just reptiles, but like tarantulas and scorpions yeah. and snakes. And she calls everything like a snake, I think. She's like, look at yeah. my snake. And it's like an iguana. <laughs> yes. It's clearly an iguana. I love that old lady. Yeah. Uh, he gets, but he asks for, she has a phone. There is one. He goes to the phone um, to, uh, he starts trying to call the police on the phone. And the truck driver can tell what he's doing. Yeah. And this is when this is, the truck driver goes from zero to a thousand all yes. of a sudden on this. Yes. He uh, he just pulls a Yui, heads toward the station, and just tries to run him over in the phone booth. Yep, just plows yeah. straight through that phone book. And I'm like, okay. All right, here we now go. Now he's going for the kill shot. Like, it's, yes. yeah, this is, now he's <laughs> trying, now I know for sure he is trying to murder this man. He starts doing like circles around the the gas station and like crashing into all the snake crap. This poor old lady is just like, what the hell is happening? Basically, like yeah, like this is uh, the worst day ever for her. <laughs> um, like her, she has a really cool snake. Like, exi- what does she call it? Just like a snake arama or something. It's, and- that's the name of it. Is snake arama? Like her credit is like old lady at snake arama or whatever. So. Yeah, but like it's just a cool. It's like a gas station. She made her own snake I pet know. thing and like it's her own thing. Like she's probably not making a bunch of money on it. You no, know, clearly not. Feel bad for. I do too. I feel like I do like that the guy. It did seem like David was like taking care not to kill the tarantula that was like on his leg at one point. Yeah, or like. Like, it felt like he respected that he didn't want to destroy her stuff, at least. So that was a good boon for him as a protagonist. Um, he ends up making a break for his car and tries to just zoom off, which is good. 
because that gets the truck off of this old lady's property at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so he uh, he zooms away, like he zooms really fast ahead, and he finds like a little uh, like cutaway in the road, you know, like a little side path again, and yeah. he kind of like pulls off. He like has to drive over a little edge on the road, like he drives off yeah. road for a. It's bit. a good evasive maneuver, you know. It is. I was like, well, oh, that's pretty good. Pretty smart. He pulls back and like parks and hides basically. Um, and then he watches the truck go by looking for him, and he's like, road's all yours, pal. I'll stay here for an hour if I have to or whatever, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's just going to sit there, kill time, let the driver forget about him, basically. Um, he ends up falling asleep in the car and gets woken up by a train driving by. Uh, and then he decides, he decides enough time has passed, Kyle. So he starts headed back on the road, surely by now. The truck will have gotten bored and moved on to something else. Yeah, I would have turned but, around. I would have. Yeah, like, this is the not point where I definitely. That long. Just, I would have waited five minutes at the most and then drawn, absolutely. drove the other way. You I'm know? zooming back home at this point. There's no way I'm yeah. freaking going to this meeting. Um, so he uh, he doesn't make it very far though before spotting the truck parked in waiting for him again. Yeah. Um, he tries to z- zoom by the truck at one point, but it blocks his path, and then <laughs> like, it like it like speeds up to block him, and then oh no no never mind sorry it blocks his path so he gets out of the car to go up to the truck right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gonna walk up to him on foot. He's just gonna confront this guy, and the car just perfectly pulls ahead of him until he stops walking and then parks again, so yeah. he can't get close <laughs> enough to him to get inside. Um, he tries to wave down a passing car and ask them for help. They are not receptive to this idea, which I don't know if I would really want to get mixed up in this either. Um, yeah, like that guy's trying to kill me. Uh, I don't know. It's, I'd be pretty yeah. skeptical. I'm kind of terrified of like running into strangers out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And the thought I of just like, think they're gonna, they're, it's a big scheme. Yeah, I would think they were yeah. working together yeah. to get to like rob me. Yeah, like, oh, here's one car parked and another one up the road. Have like you talked to men. like legit scammers on the on like the streets of like New York or Washington DC? We, we, when we were in DC, do you remember the scammer? We did we talk to that scammer? Were you there? I have maybe the vaguest memory of this, but I'm not positive. We you tell the story. It was a it was just a lady standing there, and she was like, "Oh, my car's parked a few blocks down the street. Like, I don't have my cell phone. I need like." It's money to go make a phone call or something like yeah and it was like this whole thing this other group passed us and they were like they like did this whole like the yeah. no symbol like they were like <laughs> on the same spiel or something yeah. i think one of us ended up giving her some money and we're just like you know what that was entertaining that was a nice performance yeah. i feel like i vaguely remember ryan offering to buy her food or like like he was yeah it was ryan earnest. i think that he gave yeah. him yeah, and so yeah, he's, was... he's too nice. He's too earnest for his own good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we ran into a scammer. This is a this is a creepy story, oh, sort really? of creepy. So we went to New York for Baby Moon, um, which is just a trip that we took while Kiri was pregnant with uh, with Cash or first, mm-hmm. and so she was like twenty weeks pregnant, barely showing. Yeah. Um, but she was past 20 weeks 20 weeks i think but she like nobody had noticed ever and we were talking to this scammer who'd like who'd like 
came up to us. And of course, like I stop when people are talking to me most of the time. And so he was telling me about how his dad was in a hospital on the other side of town and like he just needed some money to like go. And I was like, you know what? No, like we don't have any cash. I'm sorry. Like we're, we're going to move on. And he was like, okay. He was like, all right. And he was like, he was like, congratulations on the, uh, congratulations on the baby. He told Carrie that. Mm -hmm. And like Carrie was like, walked away and she was like, that sucks. And that still sticks with her. Like he was the first guy to notice that she was pregnant. <laughs> this random awesome. like man with bad teeth on this on the street. Like he's yeah. perceptive. There yeah. I was like, he's the scammer, he's perceptive perceptive. Yeah. He's picked us out of the group, knew we were tourists, you know? Yep. Yep. Oof. So that's I love I'm I'm terrified of it, but I, I like scary stuff. So I love reading like people's real life stories about like almost getting snatched by people on the road or just like having some buddy who has car trouble and then they notice that there's like another person hiding and they get away or whatever like i yeah. love stories like that that are just like my worst nightmare in real life i i, I there's a subreddit called like let's not meet that's all people's like telling stories of their close encounters with like terrifying people Oof. and i love it it's my favorite thing you know like people tell stories of like oh i was on i almost got into this guy's car once like when he offered me a ride but i felt a little creeped out and then a week later i saw him on the news and he was a serial killer and things like that <laughs> oh i'm just like gosh. oh my god i love stories <laughs> like that they're so uncomfortable and freak me out uh yeah so that's what i would be feeling if i were these people in the car when this man came up to me and said there's a guy trying to kill me. Can you help me? Can yeah. I get in your car? Yeah. No, you can't get in my fucking car. That's what I would say for sure. Um, so then, uh, buh, buh, buh. all right. He tries to ask him for help. The truck starts backing up and forces that other car out of the way. They're like, we don't want any part of this. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like backing up into them. So they go away and um, the truck backs up toward his car, stops in front of his car for a second and then pulls up again and parks. And it's very clearly giving the message, like, I want you in your car. We're doing this in our cars. That's yeah. the game, um, <laughs> which I really liked that he then he recognizes it. Um, so he he decides, all right, let's do this. And he gets into his car and the truck driver hits him with another. Go ahead, pass me like, let's yeah. do this, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. I, I thought. All right, he has the advantage on the grade, I think he says, which I'm not sure what that means, other than obviously being know. some sort of straightaway or slightly uphill. Like, I don't know, grade. There's a grade of like a tire, like the grading of a like a type of road. Maybe. I don't know. Like Whatever it is, it's like a pavement. it is a his car, he has a small car. Whatever you have to imagine would make it be better for driving fast than this truck. I'm just picturing slightly uphill, I don't know, or a straightaway. So he starts really zooming right away, right? And he's keeping his distance. He can't quite lose the truck, but he is ahead of it. While racing, he spots what appears to be a cop car on the side of the road, and he pulls over for just a second, and it just turns out it's like a pest control Yeah, pest company. control. It's like, yeah. oh, that sucks. <laughs> I know. I thought that was really fun, though, too. Mm -hmm. um, and that blunder of pulling over for a second allows the truck to gain some distance on him, and now he's right back on his tail. Uh, and they're forced to detour because the road is closed up ahead. And this is where he has the line, like, how's he driving so fast that you talked about, I think? Mm -hmm. Okay, um, now it is, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Um, and this is where I, for the first time in my notes, I write down his name. I must have Googled something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but David, um, he pulls onto a road now that is heading really steep uphill, though, which is his advantage for sure. Um, so he starts gaining a lot of distance on the truck, right? Mm-hmm. And then it seems like he's safe. He's got so much distance before him, but wouldn't you know it, Kyle? His damn radiator hose. The boy. radiator hose. No. <laughs> Perfect timing. Uh, his car slows to a crawl, Kyle, and the truck is gaining on him. Yeah, it seems his, like his engine's overheating. He's got to turn on the heat in his car. You know. Yeah, that's what well, you're that's supposed so to good. do. Yeah, that's what you got to do. I've done that. I've pulled that trick before. Um, Ugh, that reminds me of the time I was in the in the California desert or whatever, <laughs> like driving. I was almost I was driving cross country. I was almost to uh, California, uh, but there was like a big traffic jam, like five miles out of uh, like the city I was going to. I was almost to Oxnard or whatever. I was in a desert. Doesn't matter. Big traffic jam. I'm stuck on the road. It's like a hundred degrees out. And my AC is like broken and only works on (laughs) like maximum setting. And I'm almost out of gas and my car is like overheating anyway. It's like I have to like turn on the heat and I'm just like sweltering (laughs) in this car. That was like the worst feeling I've ever had in my life in that car. And it was like, you just take your shirt off. Like just, oh no, I would never, Kyle, there's not, no, there's not (laughs) enough money in the world where I'd ever take my shirt off while I was in the car driving. No. I would sooner die of heat stroke than take my shirt off in the car. <laughs> I'm a man who's already pretty unlikely to ever take his shirt off outside of his home. And doing it in my car, that's something I I find... Here's something we got to put a stop to, Kyle. White guys are not allowed to drive without shirts on. I'm just going to say it. It's not Our good. bodies are pasty and gross looking. Mm-hmm. When you're there's so many Midwestern pale dudes that I see driving with, with their shirt shirts off. off and I just see their gross, unappealing skin and I picture it against the hot fabric in their car. Mm-hmm. Makes it I, throw I, I, the seatbelt on the skin just gets me. I hate that. <laughs> hate it. There, if you have there's certain people who can pull it off, you gotta be in shape and you gotta have some level of tan or melatonin in your skin <laughs> for it to work. It just doesn't melatonin work. Or melanin. Not melatonin. Melanin, sorry. You gotta be sleeping at the wheel. Yes, you gotta Take be sleeping at the wheel. Again. Yes, melanin. That's yeah. the one. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, no, ugh. You can't be uh, a skinny fat, you know, like a like a skinny but not muscular at all pale dude with like a really bad tattoo driving shirtless it just doesn't work don't do it gentlemen if you're listening make it stop okay all hope seems lost kyle's car is is it's crawling up that hill it's barely making it it's getting hotter he's it's getting slower and slower you cross cutting as the truck's getting closer i to think the heat, i can i think to the speedometer to his face this is like the most classic spielberg thing in the movie to me spielberg loves doing that kind of editing where it's like you're cross-cutting behind between a bunch of things and it's like each of them is like inching a little bit forward in its Mm. tension each time you cut to it even though like logically it's like the way he'll do like you're running toward a door and it's closing and it'll keep cutting between you running and the door closing it's like 
the actual timing would be that the door would have closed like a minute ago, but he always extends it by continuing to cut between stuff. So it's like takes four times longer than it should. That's what this scene is, is him almost making it over the hill as the truck just keeps getting closer. And you're like, oh, God, is it going to get there? He just reaches the summit in time, Kyle, and he's able to throw his car into neutral and let gravity do the work while they two of them are racing down the mountain road now. Um, eventually, he loses control of his car uh, and he crashes into a wall for a second. Um, but I guess the time that his car has been in neutral has given it a little bit of time to cool down. So he's able to get it kind of started back up and pulls off onto a dirt road. Um, and once he gets to that dirt road, Kyle, it's the end of the line. He reaches like a fence that he can't drive through. He's cornered uh, and he turns around and there's that truck barreling down on him. He's, and he like throughout this, he's like bleeding out of his mouth. Yeah, I, right? d- I didn't get why that happened. I thought you didn't either. Bit. I was hoping no. you did because randomly throughout this process, yeah. he starts bleeding through his mouth like a decent amount of blood. You're the doctor. I thought you knew. Um, no, I didn't see him hit his mouth or anything. Like, Is it possible he has an ulcer that is somehow uh, causing this? I don't know. Not really. Some most sort ulcers, of stomach most, issue? You can cut out a stomach ulcer, like a really bad bleeding one, but it doesn't get in your mouth unless you like puke <laughs> or like, you know, and like he's got like bright red blood in his mouth. So it's yeah, like it's coming from his mouth like he bit his tongue or hit his lip or something. Not like a, a, an old blood in, in your stomach when it when it's exposed to acid turns like this brown coffee, coffee ground uh, coffee grounds type. Idiot Spielberg, thing. you got it all it's called wrong. coffee ground emesis is mm-hmm. puking up blood type of thing. And so, gotcha. so that's what happens when it's in your stomach. So it looks, yeah. So if that's what he was going for, uh, yeah, yeah, it's I don't not. Know. I, it could be that, or I think it could just, I took it as he probably bit his tongue or something because he's clamped down so hard. But I think yeah. it also could just be one of those things in a movie that's, really just not that literal, you know? Like, it's more of just a metaphorical, like, he's so stressed that he's bleeding. Like, not something that you're supposed to even be able to connect to the real well, world. Well, usually that know? that is expressed through, like, bleeding out of the nose. That's true. Not, so know, like, your mouth. Listen, like, Spielberg's 25. What do you blood. want? He doesn't know what he's doing. That guy's <laughs> a fucking hack. Um, he's going nowhere, this kid. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I've taken it as he bit himself, but I could also, like I said, just take it as a not completely literal thing that's just there to help amp the tension it doesn't it's weird i agree i didn't get it uh, but i was whatever it didn't like it doesn't that seems likely to me just or they there was a scene where he got hit in the face and they edited it out true it could be cut out it could have been well he did have the accident when he like hit the rock wall when they were coming down or was he bleeding when he's going up the hill he's going up the hill it's like when it's That's like when stress bleeding. when it's yeah. cutting back and forth all of a sudden he's like bleeding yeah. so damn i don't know i think you're probably know. right with the stress thing but it's just yeah. like i know it's weird God. it was a weird thing um well the he comes out dead end. the truck's coming toward him so he turns around what does he do kyle he sheds his old beta life he uses his briefcase to wedge the gas pedal uh, yeah. and drives right toward the truck and jumps out right before the uh his car hits the truck um this is the sends, duel this is well this is the whole thing's kind of a duel i guess and i think the whole yeah it's but this is like the classic they're squaring off like oh yeah 
this oh, is yeah. you're playing you're playing chicken you know i think this is um this is one of those things that's crazy to me that they filmed this in like 10 days because this stunt i feel like would take like three weeks to shoot normally like yeah, something like this crashing yeah. one car into another and eventually having the truck flip off of a fucking cliff like yeah that is something that you would take weeks and weeks to do mm-hmm. not 10 days yeah <laughs> it's, it's crazy um okay uh, well, the car and truck collide, like I said, and there's no damage to the truck, really. But the fire starts blocking the driver's vision, I guess, which causes him to mistakenly drive off of a cliff edge. Uh, and there's like a slow motion shot of the truck, like flipping over the edge and crashing. I thought it was hilarious that this truck that we've seen the whole movie has a gigantic flammable Printed yes. on it does not explode, it explode when it crashes over a cliff with a That's burning what we car. That's we're waiting for the whole movie, and then it. I was like, it doesn't explode. I know. I get, there's no way he didn't want it to explode and just. And they're just like, dude, we do not have the budget. <laughs> yeah, like to explode this truck. I'm it sorry. would have been so good if it exploded. Such a release of tension yeah. in that moment when it finally blew. But it doesn't, which is unfortunate. Um, we do see then David staring down at the truck, wreckage, looking for signs of life. And I did really like the shot of we see blood dripping in the cab. Mm-hmm. And then we see the wheel of the truck slowly stop turning as like our indicator that He's the guy inside did die in the yeah. crash, which I like that bit. Um, and then uh, David just kind of falls to the ground and sits there tossing stones at the wreckage as the sun set, sets behind him and the credits roll, Kyle. And that's yeah. the end of the duel. That's the, the end. Movie. Ooh. I like just the 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 ending. I, I mentioned this earlier. I was ex- like thinking that the wife thing would come back or mm-hmm. like it could or like something a little bit more that's why i think it would have been i that's why i really think the the original cut for this just would have been better if that hadn't mm-hmm. been part of it and it was just like just kind of narrowed the scope even further for this movie just by yes. a little bit it widens it the movie widens it a little bit to like the weirdest amount it widens it but it can't explore the things that it adds to like their most logical conclusion, I guess. So those extra scenes diminish, give you some diminishing returns because of that. It's like you want, you want either less or more. They give you the medium amount and it doesn't quite work because of that. Yeah. I'm with you there. I don't think that those added things work for me, but I do like that ending as just a, I love a movie that just ends. We, Conflict is done. Movie's over. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. How's he going to get back? Is he going to walk through the... Don't care. Movie's Who over. Who cares? It's over. Not a problem. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we... Should, Kyle, should we talk about our best performers then? Yeah, sure. All right. This is a hard one to give because <laughs> there's really only like one performance in the movie. <laughs> there's like one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, logically, it has to go to Dennis Weaver. Uh, cause he carries 90% of the movie and he's pretty good throughout the movie. I thought I like, I like him, but I like a good, like seventies dude, you know, like I just like a seventies mm-hmm. guy. That's just like a regular ass looking dude. as the main character. Um, but yeah, I want to get a regular my... looking dude who looks way better when his glasses are off. 
Did you notice that? Like, when in the beginning he's got his glasses on, he looks like a nerd. He takes them off and he looks like Burt Reynolds. Like, he, like, I feel like he totally changes, like, his whole appearance when he takes (laughs) them off. He does have a lot more of a movie star persona without the glasses, for sure. Oh, God. I'm just looking at him. I love a 70s mustached guy. (laughs) Um, It's just great. He's, I mean, he's got a very tall order, and I think he does pretty well. So it's either him or I'm torn, Kyle. Um, between him or Lucille Benson as Lady at Snakerama. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my two choices. Good. I, you know what? I, I well, well, you, I guess you choose who you're gonna pick. I guess you got to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Dennis Weaver's due. I'm gonna give him best performer because he had such a tall order, so it's fine. That's yeah, it. to me it was. Um, uh, he's like the he's like the only performer in the movie, right? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I, there was parts I just didn't love, so I, I wanted to to search for somebody else. Actually, I'm giving this best performer to Spielberg on this one. Actually, just giving it to the director. Like the man, he's 25 years old. He's given this is his first movie, and he knocked it out of the park. He did some really great things, built a lot of good tension, did innovative stuff with this TV movie. Filmed it in 13 days and edited it in 10 and put it's it out crazy. there. He did a great job, you know, and like, he's, yeah, he's like, you know, he's got enough awards, you know, but yeah, now he's but this got is probably extra, his most meaningful one. Yes. This best performer <laughs> award from the made for TV podcast. I don't even know what I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him a, a golden seatbelt. A golden seatbelt. <laughs> what he gets yeah give him a new radiator hose kyle a new radiator hose that'd be good can't go wrong with that yeah so so yeah i gave i i'm giving it to spielberg on this one i respect it he he deserves it clearly i mean he fucking (laughs) destroys this movie which leads into my final thoughts which is first final thought i wrote down was just banger banger movie amazing that this (laughs) is like the first movie you make to me like you and I, we filmed that stupid Halloween thing, mm-hmm. right? And we're like, took us like multiple hours uh, to film two shots of us both sitting there. Yep. And, felt like, and we couldn't decide where to put the camera for like half the shots. <laughs> yes. Like, right? And this is like Spielberg, like, yeah, I'll just give me 13 days, give me two weeks, I'll knock out this incredibly complicated car movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I guess when he, like, originally, when he put it, um, when he was maybe pitching the movie, um, he, like, drew out, like, a page of just mm-hmm. a street and, like, used triangles where he wanted the cameras. And he had some, like, absurd number of cameras that he'd have just so that they would drive the car once and have mm-hmm. everything they needed for, awesome. like, a whole entire scene. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I put, I mean, it's a simple movie. There's not a lot to it, obviously. And it's cheesy at times, but it's like a seventies made for TV movie. So what do you expect? (laughs) But it's like, just has amazing tension throughout building tension throughout. And it's shot so well. Uh, like I said, I do like the lead performance because he's just such a seventies dude. (laughs) Um, I love the lack of music. I love just like there's really not anything I didn't really like about this movie. I had a great time watching. I was worried it might be like kind of boring, and it was not boring at all. I don't know what I why I expected it. It's Spielberg. I should have known it was going to be exciting. But just like the premise of a truck chasing down a car, 
mm. felt like it was going to be really fucking cheesy and stupid and not <laughs> at all work. But no, it was great. I'm giving this movie 16 out of 18 wheels, Kyle. Good. <laughs> That's exactly the metric I use. Awesome. <laughs> different rating, but same metric. 16 out of 18, what's that come out to? I think it comes out to about like 4.25 stars or something like that. That's what cool. I'm giving it. Yeah. Nice. It's yeah, that's that's great. It's funny because I have um the exact opposite feeling where I have a lot of I have some nostalgia for the movie Joyride. Have you ever seen Joyride? I was gonna bring Joyride up. That's a movie that so clearly is inspired by this movie. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It, you've seen it then. <laughs> yes. I saw it a long time ago and I looked up and I didn't realize that Paul Walker's in this movie uh, in Joyride. How could you not realize that? It was yes, so long the best thing before about I was it. a Fast and Furious. It's before I even oh. seen Fast and Furious. No, see, I, I see Fast Twitter. and the Furious and I yeah. I, I'm I'm always like I remember seeing Fast and Furious and like, oh, it's the Joyride. Like, Paul Walker's <laughs> Joyride guy. Yes. I just loved, I mean, I watched it with some friends, so we'd always, like, say candy cane to each other because <laughs> that's the premise of the movie is the guys yes. are acting like a girl named They candy pretend cane. to be, like, hot, a hot chick on the radio and fuck with him. Yeah. And so then like, reveal is, that they were just... He's in this hotel room, and then yes. he's like... He, they pull a prank on him, and so he yes. is like, I'm going to murder you. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, which I think that movie, based on what I just looked up on it, on it today, I think it holds up as a good movie. I remember liking I'm it I'm sure but... it has a lot of campy cult classic vibes to it. Yeah. I mean, Robert it's essentially Ebert just a... It, so Look at that. Yeah. So, anyways. So, yeah, I, I was like... Yeah, I'm gonna watch. I would love to watch this movie. That's probably an inspiration for for Joyride. You know, um, <laughs> yes. I I was intrigued by by the premise of a truck driver hunting down a dude. So, um, it's a simple movie with a simple villain that works really well. I like it a lot. Just having basically the truck, you know, the truck driver and the truck being the villain without ever seeing him, keeping it very, um, uh, you know, tense and. Nice thrilling aspect of it. I think Spielberg nails the fear of the unknown vibe, and his uh, choice to not include a score for most of the movie added a ton of suspense for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't really know how much they did of that in 1970s. It seemed like it was novel based on what I was reading. I think it's probably pretty novel for one of these, maybe for one of these TV movies. I mean, obviously, at this point, 70s, they're very, we're well into like more experimental Hollywood movies so i'm sure there's plenty that just don't have a lot of music in them it's not like a like he made up the notion or whatever but it is definitely atypical for any movie to just not have music in it especially i feel like a a horror movie a lot of them score is like so important to them that it's definitely an interesting way to i mean even like jaws his famous horror movies the score is like one of the most memorable parts of it and you do have to wonder mm-hmm. how much of not having any music in this was also like, we have 10 days to edit this. We don't True. have time to like, get music. Like, yeah, there's no time to come up with a score for that. <laughs> for sure. Uh, cinematography is on par. Um, some weaknesses I thought of it. I thought there was quite a lot of repetitiveness, repetitiveness with the shots mm-hmm. during the active action scenes. They do tend to linger on, you know, when, when the truck is bumping against the the, the back of yeah. his car it seems to do that like eight like seven or eight times you know it's not yeah. like four or five times it, it 
it just feels like it happens too many times. Um, almost like the shots are being reused sometimes, like in Monty <laughs> Python, where it's the dude running towards the castle over and over again. It's the same yeah. shot. I think they do different shots of it, but it's... Um, I thought parts of it were just repetitive net, re- repetitive in, in that aspect and kind of made made it linger too much and kind of died down some of the thrill. Um, already talked about how the extra scenes, I did not like those parts, and so I think yes. I like, enjoy it better. Um, I... Uh, yeah, I was expecting there to be maybe something else with the wife at the end. Um, and all in all, I give this movie a 14.4 wheels out of 18. So Perfect. four out of five. Four out of five. I mean, so. that's a good score. I, it's just clearly yeah. a great like movie. Just, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's clearly good. Ton, a ton of them. I think what it was for me that made me worried about it because i do love joyride like you said is because it's made for tv i know they can't do like big stunts right like i know they can't i guess i was worried that it was going to look cheap and not be able to like effectively sell me on the truck as a threat for something that i know has like no budget and is shot quickly you know but then of course they do a good job of making it so focused on the character's tension more than uh anything really happening which is why they have to do those repetitive bumper hits because like what else can they do right like they can't they can't continually raise the stakes with bigger and bigger stunts because they just can't (laughs) because the thing that i was worried about was kind of what came into play there Mm -hmm. um but yes definitely recommend this one if you didn't if you haven't watched it and you're listening to this, you should watch it. It's, it's a good really rental. Good. Yeah, especially it was worth the if price, you like for sure. a movie file and you you actually, if you actually know what movies Spielberg has uh, directed, directed, then yes. that's a good start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, anybody who, I mean, who's seen even a handful of Spielberg movies, it'd be worth watching just to see like, his well, first one. one of the most yeah. influential guys. And, and it's a good one. It's not going to be a waste of your time. Yes, it's not going to be Spielberg's 1941, which is like his famous only attempt at comedy and he was so bad at it that he never tried again like he's just so bad at comedy apparently i've never watched it because it's which one is it 1941 i think it's like his third or fourth theatrical movie that's the one genre he can't do yeah he just can't do i think spielberg notoriously is bad at comedy and sex like he's not like a very like sexual director you know like yeah, there's no. He's yeah. got. He does a lot of very child-focused movies in general. They're either like child-focused or they're like heavy politics and war. There's never like a sexual element in his movies, really, which is fine. But he's got his weaknesses, like anybody else. Let's just say. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Well, yeah. we talked about this movie uh, featuring a uh, duel between Wait, cars. Hold on. Because I have a surprise segment. We have been doing weekly wikis for okay. our Disney Ooh. podcast, right? Yes. So we don't have a Disney wiki for no Spielberg weekly films. wicked wiki, no. But there are some <laughs> reviews. <laughs> great. All right. That was great, Kyle. I went to the one place where you'd find probably the best movie reviews, right? Where, you know, the... What what's the place that you'd go to to see some good comments for movie reviews? Facebook.com. No. Oh, Amazon.com, right? Of course. The orders from the DVD. <laughs> oh, there we go. 
All right. There's just two. I, I scrolled through a lot and um, just trying to How find did this get made? Reviews. Don't sue us for doing this. What? How did this get made? Podcast where they always read the Amazon reviews at the end. Of oh, the do they really? But the they only Amazon do, one specifically. They do. They <laughs> yes, but they only do five star Amazon reviews, and they only review bad movies. So I think legally we're safe. They only okay. like they they pick movies that they think are all time horrible movies, and then they pick the reviews that gave it five stars that are just like my grandson loves this, and that's it. That's a review. <laughs> Things like Good. that. That's so funny. Cause I, yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> okay, go on, there's go just on. two, this first one's a big review and I'm not reading all of it. It's just the timing is interesting. Cause this is from Ber Bergetta Monroe. She gave it one out of five stars. Um, I guess this is all one out of fives that I've Oh, picked. there we go. We're the opposite. There's just two of them. Yeah. But um, she has a big review about everything she doesn't like about it. I think it's dumb, but the review was made on, um, on September 15th, 2001. And just in the middle of her review, like the That's, middle, like it, yeah, okay. four days. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In the middle, it's just like <laughs> after the events of the past few days, parentheses, September 11th, 2001, maybe we should go back to the popular romance films of the war years. And then she just continues on with the review. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not like this movie was made after 9-11. What are you talking about? I don't know. Like, Doesn't make any sense. You psycho. This it's was just 30 so, years before 9-11 yeah. happened. Yeah. Just whatever. So <laughs> Okay. Weird out. And then this is a this is just a great review. It's a one-star review titled Rule One Never Disappoint Your Audience. Yes, Mr. Spielberg, I really mean disappoint. When you make a 90 minutes or so film showing a prolonged conflict between a good, if totally wimpoid, which is honestly a Pretty cool way to say Wimpy, right? He really got He's him. a he really fucking destroyed him. Wimpoid. <laughs> Wimpoid character and another displaying unmitigated evil, then most of your audience will want to see the latter die, preferably in as horrific a manner as possible. Well, I certainly will anyway. So what did you do? You have a crazy, crazed lorry driver in a vehicle conspicuously marked flammable, spend half a day trying to kill Joe Ordinary by forcing his car off the road, then eventually going off the road himself in slow-mo, yawn. But the lorry yawn. not exploring. Yeah, like the slow-mo shot was awesome. I right? know, it like, ruled. It was so cool. <laughs> the lorry not exploding and the driver not burning to death. Oh, uh, she just ends it there. So she's like saying, yeah. Wow. But she's you angry. with the lorry not exploding and the driver not burning to death. In fact, we're not even sure he died at all. I was more than half expecting said maniac to suddenly appear behind the hero right at the end. I can only assume he didn't because even Spielberg must have a cliche limit. Wow. The wheel spinning after the crash made my draw, jaw drop in sheer disbelief. Absolutely the worst film I've ever spent money on. The only atrocity that would have beaten it was Mamma Mia, but my wife bought that one. Oh my god, this person <laughs> sucks. I hate them. I hate this person. You suck. And then Ugh. there are a ton of goofs listed on oh, the sure. IMDB site, and it's a yeah. lot of continuity or stuff that just doesn't matter. But this one really got to me. The diesel, so the diesel locomotives pulling the south the Southern Pacific freight trains are too modern to be equipped with the deep single note air horns as heard in the film. Parentheses, they are no doubt canned sounds. 
Leslie or Nathan multi-chime multi horns can clearly be seen on the cab roofs of the locomotives and should have been blaring brassier tones. The horns are not blown in the normal two longs and a short and a long per regulation approaching grade crossings. Major goof. Major <laughs> goof. It almost took me out of the movie, I'm going to be honest, while I was watching it. I noticed that, but... I mean, I, 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 I suspended my disbelief in order to handle it. Oh, man. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so there oh, it is. There's, there's that segment. You know, I just... I, w one last thing about this movie, as I'm really just thinking about it, how it was 30 years before 9-11. I didn't really think about how old it was. It didn't hit me until right now. This movie is 50 years old. Yeah. Wow. And it still honked pretty hard, metaphorically and literally. Like <laughs> it, it was just good. All right. Yeah. Um, okay, Kyle. We talked about Duel, and I texted you. I didn't have any game ideas, but I did want to said, why don't we do something a little different? Why don't we do another draft for a Duel Militian Derby? Picking Sweet. our favorite movie and TV cars to go in. To a big demolition derby. We're drafting cars. Hell yeah. Time. Movie cars. We're drafting, yes. I, I love it. it. Yes. Um, we didn't say how many, did we? Uh, no. How many How many you did want? you do? I guess I assumed five. I assumed five as well, so I think we're good. Let's I see. Made backups in case we I only the have six one. written down, so. Perfect. <laughs> I wrote down, like, 11 in case okay. you picked the same ones, but. We're, we'll have to. Uh, uh, you can go first. Oh, I can go first. Oh, we should flip a coin. Yeah. Oh, I have my Overwatch coin. There you go. Okay. Do you want the Overwatch symbol or the no symbol? You can no symbol. Okay. Oh. Symbol. I gotta go All first. All right. Good. Glad we wasted time on that, even though I seeded it to, <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> we gotta be fair and even. That's fair. All right, Kyle. Is what fair. is going to be your first pick in the 2021 Dual Militian this Derby draft? This is for draft? a Dual Militian Derby. This is not. For, yeah. This is for Demolition Derby. Derby. Yeah. Essentially. I guess. Whatever. I just wanted to talk about movie cars. I don't really care. <laughs> My first pick is the Batmobile from the Dark Knight trilogy. Ooh. That big tanky the tumbler. Batmobile. The Tumbler. Yeah. Yes. I that almost. Thing is I sick i love i've always loved that that car that was like my pick for if i could ever own a vehicle it'd be that thing so impractical i don't know what i would do with it hugely impractical it. but great pick kyle that's a very good first pick for yeah. this draft i, I like didn't it. i didn't want to fall into what happened last time and pick wreck it ralph when yeah, i could I have picked also or the genie for <laughs> for our disney characters i like it no i mean i almost picked that one too but i thought I figured that would be one that you would want to pick, so I specifically avoided Good. it so as Good. to not, like, step on your toes. <laughs> um, all right. My first pick, Kyle, my number one pick, is the War Rig from Mad Max Fury Road. Dang it. Is what I am taking. <laughs> Absolutely going to Which one that. is the War Rig? The War Rig is the one that Furiosa drives, that they're, that Max and them are in, that has, okay. like, the right. milk in the back. I may which still is have a dangerous car. pick. Oh, it is okay. because I need Furiosa to be able to drive it. She's the only one that knows the kill sequence uh, in order to keep it running. <laughs> she knows all the booby traps or whatever. So we'll see. I guess I'll allow you to pick another one from the same movie. I will try to avoid picking from the same movie as you, though. I will see. I Maybe I won't. Mix. It's low on my list. It was all a right, low right. on my list. 
Well, Kyle, I mean, are we doing the snake draft where like I do two? Or yeah, we probably should. Forth? Yeah, probably should. All right. Well, then my number two pick, this is hard, is Christine from the movie Christine, directed by John Carpenter, from, based on the book written by Stephen King. I sense you don't okay. know what Christine is, but Christine no. is a car that is possessed by evil spirits, basically. That is, is bad. Yeah, it, she's very bad car. It is in the movie. I want the movie version, though, which is specifically like a pure evil car that is sentient. <laughs> and also, if you destroy it, it can just rebuild itself using its evil powers. Like, it's a very hard to destroy car. It comes off the factory line and kills the two people that built it right away. Like, <laughs> That's she is, oh yeah, she's she's a real devil. Car, I can see Christine. why it's your second pick, but yeah. you could you could have saved that for your like fifth pick when you know that it's one that I've never probably heard of this one. Before. That's a fair but. point, but I also I'd like to give you a shot at some of the more obvious ones as well Good. since I have a larger list. So, <laughs> and I really think Christine. I mean. We'll have to watch some parts of. We should just have a whole Carpenter marathon because the opening shot of Christine coming off the line is it's set to the song "Bad to the Bone," and it's literally <laughs> like they greenlit the movie because that song had like just come out, and they were like, "So it's this like song, the first movie that had that record yeah, drop yeah, in it." Yeah, yes. Yeah, so yeah. it's like this song is gonna be so fucking perfect. <laughs> like they just had to do it. It rules. It's so good. That's awesome. All right, Kyle. Give me your second and third picks in the dualist so draft. So I get two yes. picks. All right. So I've already I've had one. So I get so this is my two and three. Okay. Yes. Um. You know you've got a demon possessed. I think I need some. I think I need the ability to time travel here. I'm picking the DeLorean. Son of a bitch. I yep. knew it. <laughs> I thought you were going to take it. I, I know, thought you were going to take it. But I figured it, I didn't want to grab it early. But yes, <laughs> great pick, Kyle. You have an obvious disadvantage, though. I need to know which version of the DeLorean you're taking, first of all. It's important to me. Um, The one from back, the one that can fly from back to the future. Right, you want to... Back to the Future Part 2 DeLorean. Yeah, that's okay. the one I was going to specify if needed was the All one right, that good. can fly would definitely be the, the best. That's one. definitely the one that you want because the obvious disadvantage of the DeLorean is you can't time travel unless you can get up to 88 miles per hour. Yeah. Which would be really hard if we're in a classic. A demolition derby, derby setting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be very difficult. Although if this is a dual militian derby, we can assume maybe they're on like an open highway, like out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. So yeah, you've that, got that's some where road. the duel should occur is out yes. yeah, where the duel Yes. So, so that, we're out in the okay. open highway, but it's still other cars are going to be trying to hit you. So it will be hard to get up to 88. But if you've got that flight, I think that could obviously be an advantage. Although that maybe crosses beyond a simple car at that point. If what? Oh. If it can fly, is it really a car anymore is the question. But uh, it's fine. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow it. <laughs> Because it's right. fun. And that's the best version of the DeLorean <laughs> when it's got the Mr. Fusion. So it's fine. My next pick is a... Um, this one, yeah, I think this is going to surprise you. Okay. I want something that is very versatile, that can build things in a moment when, when you need something, when you need a specific tool or something to achieve a goal. Okay. 
picking Blaze from Blaze and the Monster Machines, the TV show that Cash loves. Have you ever watched Blaze? <laughs> no, I, I have no <laughs> idea what the hell you're talking about right He's now. He's a giant monster truck that okay. talks. And he's got AJ on his back and they solve stuff. You like learn how to build tools and like magically he like will have a giant like crane on his back or something that shoots snowballs. So he's he's got a lot of of basically magical power. Okay, but all right. Cash knows words like carburetor and stuff because of it. So fair enough. All and right. he and he and he he blazes off. I think is what he'd say. Or like, let's blaze, and they he can go let's crazy. Blaze, fast. and then he lights so. up a joint, and they get yeah. high with the kids. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. I like it, Kyle. I respect it. I don't know what it is, but hey. I like an off-the-beaten-path pick here. Okay. Let's see. So I get my third and fourth picks now. Mm-hmm. My th- All right. I've got the ultimate evil sentient car, Kyle, right? Mm-hmm. I think I need the ultimate good sentient car. For my third pick, I'm taking... Herbie, the love bug. Oh, good. <laughs> the Herbie franchise. <laughs> I, uh, I think there's a scene in one of the movies where he gets split in half and he keeps driving and then the two halves reform together. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's a, pretty, that's a pretty cool move to be able to pull off. So I'm just going to pick him based on that. I loved the Herbie movies when I was a kid. As, I mean, Herbie Fully Loaded, that's a great movie, right? Maybe I've only seen know. like... One Herbie thing. It's the one with Lindsay Lohan, I think. There's somebody who has a Herbie in Fort Wayne. Like, I was driving near uh, Kroger on Coliseum, and I saw, like, the exact car painted with the number, like, everything to look exactly like Herbie driving around. And I was very jealous, because I feel like that would be such a fun car to own. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Is this your last pick? Is this your final pick? No, no, pick? no. I get. I have. Oh yeah. You, you have one more. I have one right now. Then you have one. Then I have one more. So okay. I have my three right now are the War Rig from Mad Max, Christine from Christine, and Herbie the Love Bug. Now this next one, I might need a ruling. You have the. I'm gonna give you the option to veto this, Kyle. I've got one VW Bug on my team. How about another? Bumblebee from the Transformers. Oh my gosh, a car? <laughs> only in car mode. He can be in only in car mode. That's gotta be the ruling, right? Your car can turn into a plane and fly. My car is a plane. Its wheels move out of car mode when they go into hover mode. <laughs> so my car's a transformer. Your car is transforming in order to time travel. Bumblebee. Unbelievable. I'll allow you to veto it. I have plenty of other picks. I just thought it was funny to bring it up at a minimum. <laughs> it's I mean it's it's got I mean it's a it's a transformer. It's not even a car. <laughs> Alright. I'll take the veto, Kyle. Alright? I'll let you hit me with that veto. You've got a flying car. I'm gonna hit you with another flying car. The car from Greece at the end of the movie when they fly <laughs> off into space. <laughs> Wonderful. I've got Grease Lightning on my side. Grease Lightning. We don't need Bumblebee. <laughs> we got Grease Lightning. So we took oh, two flying cars. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so now I can combat 
your ability to fly to time travel. <laughs> Great. So I got the Batmobile, I got the DeLorean and Blaze. So now I have yes. two picks, my final two picks. I'm gonna I'm gonna not do Mad Max. The one I was going to pick for Mad Max just just for I know purely you got it. it's gotta flare. be the flamethrower, dude. Yeah, the, the, the guitarist. Guitar. Yes, that I mean, one. That, that was gonna we'll be my pick just because we need that. But yes. he can he can be at the event. He can play the yeah. event. He can know? just hang out. He's the pre-show. He's just he's, doing yeah. laughs. Yeah, party. Well, right? and the he can drive with him too. Like, oh yeah, he's. I love that movie so much. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um. I need an I need an evil I need an evil truck. Reference him earlier, the Snowplow Man truck from I knew it. Snow Day. <laughs> it's got a name, right? Delilah or something? Or I think that might be right. Something like that. Oh gosh, that. Ooh, no, that's not made for TV. Darn it. I, I wish it was. It. I, it's I like the first movie. Nickelodeon Studios movie I ever remember seeing. It's got Josh yeah. Peck in it. Heck yeah, it does. He's like a little kid. I always used to quote from that the. Listen to the wind. Yep. Listen to the wind. Oh, that's not the wind. The way the snowplow man says that's not the I wind know. is so good in that movie. I love that. Movie. I just, it, I, it, it just captures that. Oh yeah. It just captures a snow day, like yeah, when does. you were able to go out and do things, and you talked about sabotaging the snowplow. Oh you yeah. know, and oh. it's just it, it takes your imagination to the fullest, and it's it's fun. It has. High school love interest drama. I love the love interest drama. I always remember the bully on the uh, when they're doing the chase on the like what are, what are those things called that the snowmobile things, right? Um, there's a part where he hops yeah. on a snowmobile and like the bully guy's chasing him and he's got a guy on the back and he's like, "Hey, this is Chad. He'll be hurting you today." Like he delivers the line. It's yeah. so fucking cheesy <laughs> yeah. and stupid. It's like burned in my brain. Hi, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> oh I love gosh. it when he's is out in the. He makes the whale, or the 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 whale thing out there, in the. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you the, love. Yeah, you love whales, or you love something like that. Yeah, you love yeah. fish. I don't even remember what he says, but yeah, it's great. Oh, but, what a great movie. All right, Kyle, that's a great good movie. Pick. And my snowplow's final... good offensive weapon for sure. Yeah, gotta, it's good. Oh, yeah. well, I need. He's you know. It's not going to really come up against the Mad Max Fury Road Furiosa's no. truck, but it's no. at least going to maybe disable it, slow it down. Yeah, absolutely. You hit that thing so. from the side, you might be able to flip it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Good. And my final pick is just the Rocks truck in Fast Five. I, was, first... I figured you had to pick a Fast and Furious car, oh, yeah. so I left them off the list. The Rocks. Yeah. His like, his like military truck thing he's got yeah, going it's on. Like oh, made yeah. to be indestructible. <laughs> he's awesome coming through in that thing. Yeah, he's he's on the team. So there it is. Absolutely, banger. Great list. Okay. All right, you did one from a TV show, right, Kyle? Yes. Okay. I think it's only fair. My final pick, also, be from a TV show, Kyle. And it's going to spell do, 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 doom for your team. I'm bringing on my side the magic school bus. Oh, <laughs> A normal field trip with the frizz? No way, Kyle. You got no hope. It's over. <laughs> it's over. The magic Game school bus is, the, is my secret That's... trump card I've had in the, my back pocket the whole time. <laughs> I mean, what can you do against a car that can 
Yeah. It's I will say magic. the magic school bus maybe can't time travel. And that's probably its only limitation. It might be. I mean, it probably does at some point, but yes. Uh, I can't think of a specific episode. There's a lot of shrinking and space travel, but I'm not sure if it ever time travels. So yeah. You, you so might, yeah. There it is. <laughs> the magic excellent, school bus. Excellent job, Kyle. <laughs> that was fun. All right, that was that stupid. Was I, I like when we do the dumb drafts. Oh, yeah. Stupid. If you got... More ideas, tweet at us. Tweet at us if you like the drafts. You know, let, you, let us know how you feel. Tweet at us, goddammit. Do we miss a car? That yeah, is do we miss an obvious one? Yeah. We might have. I almost put Dumb and Dumber's dog van on my list. You can't <laughs> hit that car. You'll feel too bad. It looks like a puppy. <laughs> you, you oh, man. That. I, I was very glad that you had cold open for this one because the only cold open that I had thought of was something along the lines of describing a a movie that was not dual but instead of the the main character in front and then the truck in the back it was just the dumb and dumber dog vehicle and the movie is called drool i was gonna somehow make oh, a joke so with that I hate, oh i hate it and that's why i asked you and you said yes God. i have ideas and i was like good i'm not doing i'm not good. trying to go down that Perfect. path because it wasn't gonna be worth it my uh <laughs> My only other pick that I wanted to bring up for the list was Stuntman Mike's car from the movie Death Proof, which is uh, Tarantino directed it. It's a uh, it's like his horror movie where the car is the killer, which I always have found disappointing personally. That movie, and I just wanted to shout it out because I think Duel is a better version of that movie. I think that Ooh. it's. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up because I've always had complaints that death, something about Death Proof never felt scary enough to me. I think Duel is scarier. I think it does just a great job. Just wanted, one last shout out to Duel. But now we are done talking about Duel and the Duel Militia Derby. It's over. We've done it. Kyle, we got, uh, normally this is where we would watch a trailer for mm -hmm. our next movie, but... Unfortunately, we're out of the realm of Disney. We don't have fun narrated trailers anymore to watch. So we'll just shout it out. Next week, we are watching um, a movie called The Night Stalker. Oh. Yes. It is available to watch on YouTube in full, which is how you know it's... Perfect. No fees, baby. Uh, it is about a, a reporter, I think, or a detective who's investigating um, some murders in Las Vegas that appear to be pointing toward the killer being a vampire. Is this like the original for the Jake Gyllenhaal thing, or is that Nightcrawler? No, or that's Nightcrawler. That's a different thing. Totally different. Totally different thing. Okay. But this movie is one of the more highly praised made-for-TV movies out there. It was so good that it, it had, like, the highest ratings for any TV movie when it came out. It was so good they made a sequel to it the next year called The Night Strangler, and then they made a whole TV series called The Night Stalker. Wow. Uh, for like a season or two uh, with the same guy starring in it. That was him like doing kind of paranormal investigations, I think. Um, so cool. I'm very excited to watch it. Uh, it's going to should be a good noir horror type vibe. Perfect. It's I'm so far loving reviewing live action yeah, movies. Movies for so. adults are nice. Yes. Um, great. I'm sure this one will not have the same sort of technical mastery that Spielberg is able to put on display, but I think it might, uh, you know, maybe be a little bit darker and scarier. We'll see, you know, how it feels. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've always heard good things. I've always wanted to watch it. I've not seen it myself, so I'm excited to discuss it with you and Ooh. with our fine listeners, Kyle. 
But I think then that that should do it for this week's episode, right? That's it. All right. Well, then let's just turn off the TV. I can't not say pop out the tape. It's going to screw up my whole rhythm. Let's pop out the tape and turn off the TV. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, please follow us on social media. Interact with us at Made for TV Podcast. That's at Made, the number four TV podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you to Chris Ratzabout for our theme song, especially our spooky version of our theme song yes. for these Halloween episodes. Very spooky. Uh, Thank you to Maggie for our artwork. Until next week, I'm Scott. And I'm Kyle. Ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs>